impressive. Yeah. Well, good evening. Lord, we just praise you and we worship you tonight. We thank you for all of your goodness and your mercy, Lord. Father, no, ma no matter what man says, you are still good and you are faithful and you are loving. And Father, we choose to look at you and keep our eyes on you. And Lord, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for what you're doing, what you have done and what you are about to do. We praise you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Glory to God. Y'all look good. That's North Carolina for congratulations. You like that, didn't you? You said I wasn't funny earlier. I didn't say Well, we've got people in uh, the foyer and we're trying to get as many in here. They'll be moving people up as, e as quickly as we can. Let's leave those doors open if they're out there unless there's a sound problem. Glory to God. What an Woo! issue to have. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Would you like to say hello? Hello. <laughs> I'll be like Ruth Graham. Yeah. <laughs> One time Billy said, would you like to say a word? She said, hello. And she sat down. <laughs> I won't do that. Welcome to Boomerang. Thank y'all so much for being here. We have people that drove from Ontario and New Hampshire and some of us just threw caution to the wind and drew all eight minutes. <laughs> so, I put forth a lot of effort. That was pretty funny. That was funny, I wasn't know, it? I they applauded more for me than you. <laughs> I would, uh, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a great night. I'm yes. How many people came expecting? That was everybody. That's good. I'm glad. That was a good choice. That was a good choice. Well, we're expecting with you and for you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, we just welcome you to Boomerang Church. Tonight is our building dedication. We moved in here on Easter, and uh, we've done a lot of stuff. The building was in good shape, and uh, but we had we had different stuff like we did live streaming and video, and that takes some work to piece it together. We still got stuff to do, but it's just so wonderful. And uh, Pastor Larry and Glenda is right here. Yeah! He, he called me and said, are you interested in our building? And I said, absolutely. Yes. So glory to God. And uh, so we just welcome you. I'd like, first of all, just with all the pastors that are from the immediate Albemarle, Stanley County area, will you stand up, please, just for a second? Amen. Stay, stay standing. You guys, we, we love you and we appreciate you so much, so much. Amen. And we thank you for what you do in this area. And uh, I just, let's just, let's pray for them real quick. Amen. Amen. Lord, we just ask for your blessings to be on them. Father, may your love and your oil and your fire flow through them every day. Lord, let them pass it on. Let it run straight down from them to every bit of the robe, Lord, to the edges. Let your glory pass on them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We just honor you and love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Huh? <laughs> Maybe. So. That's it. I just, uh, this is, you know, I kind of like seeing this. This is pretty awesome. Yeah, I just, just want to look. This is cool. The Lord's doing great things. Um, we've done, uh, the Lord's been uh, just showing up here at Boomerang and around the county. I mean, he's been doing things. I've been receiving reports from different people and um, the fire of God's moving. Uh, salvations are being won. People are being filled with the Holy Spirit. Miracles are happening. Healing is happening. And it's been constant. It's not just been here and there. It's been growing. And the Lord is doing something in this area. And you're a testament to that right yeah. now tonight. And we just give God the glory for what He's doing. So welcome to Boomerang. Welcome to this service. Uh, you are in for a treat with Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. Uh, and uh, you're just going to have a great, great night. And thank you. Amen. 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 We... Uh, I, uh, I just wanted, before we introduce uh, Dr. Rodney, I wanted to do a couple of things. I wanted to introduce you to a couple more people, some mentors in Nicole and I's life, and uh, we just kind of want to introduce you to those folks. And then we also uh, want to pray over this uh, Irma situation, and um, because that thing tried to get serious, but uh, we're, not, we're not having that, amen? We're not having that. So before we pray over that, uh, let, me, let me just introduce to you a, a few folks. So first, let, let's start at the beginning. Stand up, Mom. <laughs> we wouldn't be preaching the gospel without her, amen? I'm pretty appreciative. <laughs> Y'all might not be, but I am, amen. So, Pastor Gene and Kathy from Rockingham, North Carolina, stand up, please. They are, they are our pastors and have been for some years now and just love on us, and they're just such a blessing, and so thank you. I'm so glad y'all are here. Amen. Amen. Love you. And uh, I'm going to introduce uh, Pastor J.B. and Susan Whitfield. And I'm going to introduce you together. And Pastor Chris and Jan DeTaglio. So these guys, they train pastors all over the world. And uh, they help uh, ministries do what God called them to do. And uh, I thought I knew something about leadership. Uh, I was raised in an entrepreneurial family, uh, Marine Corps leadership, stuff like that, had businesses. I thought I was a leader. I found out I didn't even know how to spell leader when I met these guys, and I didn't know anything about it, but I do now, and I just thank y'all so much, so thank y'all for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. And Pastor Chris, every time I turn around, somebody tells me he started another church. Oh, yeah, we're here because he did a Bible study here. We're here because he did a Bible study, and we're here because of this. So these are some mentors in my life, and it, these all these rows, if you're a minister, will you raise your hand? Yeah, that's what I thought. See, look around. It's it filled up. Uh, it's just awesome. Pastor Bill has been my pastor here before, and really Sowed into me the love of God. Pastor Bill Baldwin, will you stand up? We love you. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. So these are 
personal people that have sewn into us, and um, so we just wanted you to see that. We have lots of friends that are here as well, and thank you for being here. Thank you very much for being here. So, amen. Um, this Irma situation that was, in Jesus' name, you know, the word says this. It says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that thing's going to do nothing but go across Florida if it had its way and steal, kill, and destroy. Well, I can easily classify that. It's the thief. That's the working of the thief. It's demonic. We're not having that. But it says in the very same verse that he said, Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life and they might have it in abundance. Amplified shows to the full till it overflows. I believe that that means that the life of God is supposed to overflow out of us and push back the thief. Now, we want to see some of that pushing back against that demonic mess trying to manifest in Florida and go up the East Coast and just wreck it, right? No, but, you know, he says also in Matthew 6, he said, Jesus said, red letters, pray this way. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, are we the body of Christ or not? Yes. We're the body of Christ. That means that our job, why would Jesus tell us to pray that way if we didn't have part in what happened here? And if we're called to be overflowing with life, then the life needs to overflow and it needs to push some stuff back. And so I want you to join with me tonight and I want to pray against this thing. And I believe that we are going to see this thing completely disband. We're going to see that. I want you to pray this way. I want you to pray like it's coming straight to your house. I don't, we're not playing games with this thing. See, just because we're a little far away doesn't mean that we're supposed to allow that kind of stuff to happen. When people get together and, you know, in uh, Mark chapter 11, it says this, that you need to pray from the heart. In James 5, uh, around verse 14, it says that the heartfelt, the earnest prayer, the fervent prayer of a righteous man, it releases tremendous power, dynamic in its working. So I don't want you to just pray words. I want you to let your heart be engaged. I want you to think about the people that may be looking at that and they don't know what you know as a believer. They don't know that you can change things. They don't know that, but you know that. And now our job is to stand in the gap on their behalf and let's pray like it was our house. Amen. All right. So right now, just close your eyes and I want you, the word says you are an ambassador. Let's be an ambassador of the life of God. This is not even a storm season. It's not even, we're not even allowed it to be a storm season. No, this is a season of peace all across Florida, all across our coast in Jesus' name. We're not standing for that. We are ambassadors. We are here to bring the will of God on earth just like it is in heaven. Ain't no hurricanes in heaven. Lord, right now, we come against this thing. In the name of Jesus, let every thread that holds it together be completely cut and broken and pulled out. Every thread, every band, come loose from that thing. Loose your grip in the name of Jesus. Every band be disbanded now. Disintegrate. Don't even just turn. Turn and disintegrate now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you're turning it. You're turning it, Lord. It's who you are. It's who you are.
It's who you are. Just because we see something in the physical doesn't change your character and your nature. Your will, your nature be done in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Lord, we just thank you right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we receive that. We believe we have received that thing completely disbanded now. No homes, no evil befallen your people. You've got people there, Lord, that says no evil will befall them. It won't even come near their dwelling. We're standing with them and agreeing with them. Your character, your nature is not changed just because the weatherman says something. Lord, we're not looking at what it says on the map. We're looking at what it says in our map. In that word, Lord, we're receiving your character and nature as reality. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Lord, thank you. Thank you for being you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Thank you for joining with me in that. So about a year ago, Boomerang is eight and a half years old now, and about a year ago, um, the Lord pretty much, I started, it was actually one year ago today. And uh, I didn't set this date, Pastor Rodney did, but he didn't know this, that one year ago today, I started a fast, and the Lord pretty much said this to me, he said, you're not hungry, and I'm like, I'm more hungry than most of the people I know, <laughs> he said, you're not hungry, and I was like, well, help me get hungry, I don't even know how to begin that, he said, well, fasting's a good start. And so I started fasting and praying, and in that period of time, I've done a whole bunch of fasting and praying. And I got more and more and more hungry, and in the process, the Lord started pouring out just the power of God and the fire of God. And one of the things that he did, he told me last year in January, he said, I want you to go to uh, Pastor Rodney's camp meeting and uh, his uh, minister's conference in October. And uh, so I knew I was going there before I even knew I was fasting. And uh, I ended the fast the day before I drove down there. And when I got down there, um, just the Lord hit me. And he cleaned me up. He cleaned some stuff off of me I didn't even know I had on me. And I needed it. I had dropped some things that the Lord had shown me when he first called me into ministry. Matter of fact, the very first vision that he gave me... It all had to do with souls. And if you know Pastor Rodney's, his message is about souls Amen. and the love of Jesus. And if you go down there, you're going to be inspired to win souls. Or else, else you're dead, one or the other. It, it's going to happen. And there was one day, uh, Jonathan was actually, Jonathan Shuttlesworth was speaking. And uh, the Lord had been working on me the whole week. And he had reminded me, this is how I called you into ministry was about souls. And that wasn't the only thing that needed cleaned up. That was a really, really big one. And uh, at that moment, I realized what the Lord had done to me. And he had cleaned me. And I broke. And I was standing there just weeping and weeping and weeping. And I mean, just souls were burning in my heart. You know, who, who's there to disciple if we don't win them first? 
I mean, I love discipling. I love discipling. That, I like it a lot. But I'd forgotten how he called me. And now he's called each one of us. And all of a sudden in that moment they said, and I'm, I'm crying, I was a blubber and mess. And they said, if you want to know how to do this better, you sign this sheet up. Sign on this sheet and put your name down. And so then uh, January rolled, that was in October, and January rolled around. And I uh, was sitting there. And I got a phone call from Dr. Rodney's ministry. I, I say Dr. Rodney, a lot of times that's what a lot of people will say. But I also say Pastor Rodney because the truth be told, when I first met uh, Pastor Rodney, I didn't, he said he was a pastor, but I didn't know. I've seen a lot of people say they're pastors, and I didn't know if he was just saying that. And what I found out was he was more of a pastor than most of the pastors I knew, you know. I, now, I'm not talking about the ones in here because you're all pastors, amen. But <laughs> his heart, I might just let that go. <laughs> I'll, maybe, you need, maybe you need to check that out. I'm just saying, but that's an important thing. You need to be who you're called to be. And there's a lot of people, I mean, this is America. They'll we'll shoehorn anybody who's above average into a pastor, and that's not right. That's messed up. It'll get you out of place and it'll hurt people. And um, anyway, I saw his pastor's heart come out in a way I don't see on many people. I mean, he's, he, he is, he's aggressive against religion. He's aggressive against it, if you know him. I like that. Because I don't like religion either, but... You begin to wonder, like, is he that way with everybody? And it's not, you know, I, I didn't know if he was a pastor or not. And I found out he was a pastor. He's a pastor. He's a real deal pastor. So he's Pastor Rodney to me. And I was sitting there. I got a phone call from the ministry. They said, you signed up for this uh, training on evangelism and doing some of these outreaches. And we're having a meeting in two weeks in Tampa. I'm like, I am busy. I don't have time to go to Tampa and drive down 12 hours. I got I, for two days to go one meeting and, and before the other meetings. And the Holy Spirit pricked me and he said, he said, hey, you're getting this phone call because under an anointing, the Lord told you to sign because he had done something. He'd done a cleaning on you. You're getting this phone call. Now, you're either going to move because of that anointing, and you're going to honor what I did in that moment by going down there, or you're not. Now, I knew I knew what I had to do, so I, I pushed stuff aside, and I got down there, and I'm, I honored it. And I went into that meeting, and here's what I didn't know. Right in that moment, I get down there. They're having the, they've never had... A groundbreaking. But that day, they're having a groundbreaking. I didn't know they were there. But I was there. And impartation is real. And I believe that a lot to do with us being in this building is because I was there that day. Because I honored something that happened in the anointing. Because I honored him, what he did originally. And that was all through this ministry. So when we got into this building, and it was such a blessing, such an honor. And we're just so happy to have it and blessed. God is so faithful. But here's what, right away, I felt like we were supposed to have a dedication in the fall. I didn't know when, just in the fall. But I had it in my spirit, in the fall. And then all of a sudden, uh, I called, uh, I sent uh, Pastor Rodney a message. I said, 
would you give me a call? And I asked him, and he said, I would love to come do it. And he set the date. I didn't realize it till later. It was one year to the day that I started hungering after God and going after him. And so, the Lord is good. And you got something, and we're ready. I told them to take tomorrow off. If they didn't listen, that's their fault. You let them have it. <laughs> Let them have it. Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. Thank you for being here. Hallelujah. Come on. Lift your hands. Let's give Jesus all the glory. Father, we just thank you for your presence in this place tonight. Thank you for your people. Thank you for hungry people that have come. Let no one person leave you the same as they walked in these doors. Cause even this one night to have eternal results, even unto eternity. Father, we just thank you for your anointing in this place. Yes. And we thank you for your word that's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing and the dividing asunder the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. And your word is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And so we thank you for it and we give you praise. Thank you for this church. Thank you, Lord for this boomerang of what you're about to do right here in Alamal is going to impact this whole region, this whole county. Hallelujah. We just thank you for it. And as you were up sharing, I felt the Lord tell me to tell you this. He said, I heard your cry and even that which I'm doing is just, but just the beginning of what I'm about to do, saith the Lord. And even what you've seen here tonight, even as you gazed across the crowd that have come. This shall come commonplace. Even on Sunday morning. As the hungry ones will come. And I will open up for you television. Many will see what goes on in this house. And they shall come from the north and the south and the east and the west. And I will bring in new people that have never ever set foot in church. And then another whole brood that shall be raised up that shall come out of this place. And the Lord said, I will them equipped and trained and you shall launch them out into the ministry and ministry fire and you shall see my hand and my glory and there shall be supernatural provision in this house you shall not lack and that which I birthed in you long long time ago even that which your mama prayed over you it will come to pass and you'll see it saith the Lord and Father, we thank you for it now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So Father, we just dedicate this building right now. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. By the authority of the name that is above every name. That this shall be a house of the presence of the Lord. That when people drive on the property, they shall begin to tremble and quake. That people should come in this place that have incurable diseases and they shall be healed. And Lord, the word shall spread and people shall be raised up. Hallelujah. Now, I'll tell you, I'm just going to speak it out by my so profonde that this building, yeah, there'll be another building. And uh, so I'm just going to tell you. Amen. Hallelujah. So this is just the phase one. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God.
Glory to God. Well, consider this place dedicated. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. You may be seated. Octavia, if you, where are you, dear lady? Octavia's with our ministry. Come, just bless everybody here tonight. That name, come bless us. Why don't you welcome all the way from Tampa, Florida, Octavia, as she comes to bless us.
and I here, we came to America in December of 1987 and came as missionaries. God sent us from Africa. We landed in the country with just $300, didn't hardly know anybody. And just knew God said, come. Something that probably started even when I was a little boy. Because I thought God lived in America because all the... <laughs> no. All the powerful preachers, would, they were, they were you know, America. I had no access to them. Everything was on long playing record and then those reel-to-reel tapes, remember. So a little boy, you just sit in, 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 your, in your room and you listen. At five, I would lay hands on my bears and pray over them. They'd all fall out of the power. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we'd take the bears and baptize them by full immersion, just in the tub, you know. And of course, you can only do that so many times to a bear, and they start coming unglued, and <laughs> eye falls off, ear falls off, and now we had to have a miracle service, because <laughs> this bear is now blind, and this one's deaf. And, and then my mother would sew the eye back on, the ear back on. Then we had a testimony. This, the, my, this bear was blind, and now I can see. You know. And then I was only five, and I would, I would hand the service to my little brother, and uh, climb out the window and go to America to go preach. Wow. And if, at five, come back through the window, grab the hairbrush, which is the microphone, to tell my brother and the bears what great things the Lord has done. Now you think about it, we don't have any bears in Africa. You think I'd be lining up my elephants. But God was getting me ready to send me to the land of the bear. And you know, God never tells you everything. If he, if he did, he wouldn't do it, you know. I always say, it's like the Lord tricks you, you know. Like, it's just a, just a trick, you know. Come walk on the water. Then you get out, where's the boat? What boat? They would never, you know. So we land here with $300. And uh, if you remember, America was an upheaval, to the, I mean, uh, 87 and 88 upheaval in the, in the ministry. So traveling from church to church, it, it was terrible. I mean, I'm telling you right now, so sad. Major ministries had collapsed. I mean, I remember going to one church, it was so dead. The church was dead. While I was preaching, a man near the back had a heart attack and died. We called the ambulance. They came, to, they carried out five rows of people before they found the right person. And I'm talking about dead. 
and I mean, you, you would go to the services basically and just hang on to the scripture that he who endures to the end shall be saved. <laughs> and we would be in some place and the pastor said, listen, you've got like, you know, 35 minutes. I said, for what? He'd preach, pray, prophesy, take the church offering, take an offering for yourself at the end. I mean, 35 minutes. I'm from Africa. We say hello. It takes 35 minutes. <laughs> No, no, you have to hurry up because we've got to go to the buffet table before the Baptists get there. <laughs> Down at the Holiday Inns. And then uh, at least they were doing something scriptural because Paul said, I buffet my body daily. You know? <laughs> and so that whole of 1988, I mean, just crying out to God. Traveling across America, you know, in, in, in the van, the kids are sleeping, my wife's sleeping, just driving through the night. And of course, I mean, I didn't know how big America was, so I had to book a meeting here. They said, if you live in the area, well, I'm in the area, I'm in America. <laughs> well, I preached one night in, in Los Angeles and I had to be in Colorado the next night. I'm driving, oh my God, honey, this place is big, you know. We, uh, I went into, <laughs> I went into East Texas, the sun was rising. And I'm going out of West Texas, the sun is setting. I said, how big is this place? <laughs> so just many, many hours just crying out, oh God. I mean, tears rolling down my cheeks, driving down the road. God, please come do whatever you want to do. I don't care, Lord, just come, come by your power, you know, do whatever. And uh, of course, the Lord had touched me in 1979, the five God fell on me. That's another old story I won't get into tonight. But anyway. So I wanted people to have an encounter with God because that changes everything. You know, you'd look at Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. God hit him so hard, knocked the S off his name and stuck a P there. <laughs> then he wrote, you know, two thirds of the New Testament. I mean, phenomenal. So just one touch from the master's hand and everything changes. Just, just to have an encounter with God. And that's what people need more than ever. So when I pray, say, Lord, do whatever you want to do. Be careful when you tell God, do whatever you want to do. Because then he might just do it, and then you have to deal with the consequences. So we were invited to upstate New York, month of April, 1989, to a church where the pastor, for the first time, he said, look, I want you to come. Can you stay a whole week of meetings? I said, a week of meetings? Yeah, that's what I've been believing for. Because I didn't know anything about Monday night football and stuff like that. No, because we weren't raised with Monday Night Football. I didn't even understand the game. Men running around in tights and all that kind of stuff. I didn't. And they slap each other on the behind. It's like foreign for me as an African, you know. So I, I didn't even understand. I mean, the game took so long. And even the last 10 minutes took like a half an hour. I thought, hurry up now. Get the thing over, you know. We, anyway, so... Um, I didn't know that a lot of pastors didn't want to do Monday night church because they got, were going to watch football. I didn't know that. But this pastor was different. He said, look, come Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday, stay through Friday night. And then why didn't you do mornings too? I nearly dropped the phone. I said, oh, he wants to do morning too. This is April 1989. So I said, I said, I would love to. Because that was my dream to preach twice a day, you know. And I even got it up to three times a day at one time, you know. But had started frying all my staff, so I had to back off. Um, they had rings around the eyes, looked like raccoons, you know, when they walked around. So anyway, so uh, we get up there. Oh, and here's what he said. He said, what are you going to teach on in the morning time? So I can announce to the people they can take off work. And the Lord said to me, teach on the subject of the anointing. Well, I didn't know 
that what was starting in April of 89 from Monday to Friday would be what I would do 46 weeks of the year for the next 14 years. I had no clue, had no, had no clue. But something happened on that Tuesday morning as I got up and I was just, just talking like I am right now. Luke chapter 4, you know. Jesus returned the power of the Spirit in Galilee, went out the fame of him through all the region round about. He went, taught in the synagogue, being glorified of all. You know, opened the book. He found the places written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor. Then me to heal the broken heart, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. Just set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I didn't, I didn't realize what was about to happen. But as I was speaking, suddenly the very atmosphere changed. And it was like the air particles begin to move. I, I didn't, the only way to describe it was the air became holy. And then people just started falling out under the power. No one even touched them. It looked like somebody was sitting in the balcony with a high-powered rifle just picking them off one at a time. And this is, this is not at the end. This wasn't at the end of the service when I never said every head bowed, every eye closed, you know, no one looking around believing in the attitude of prayer. This is in the middle of the message. Fortunately, I'd studied scripture, so I knew what the Bible says in Acts 10, you know, 44 said, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell. Are you with me? Yeah. Well, somebody said, well, that looks like, you know, it's interrupting the meeting. I said, no, the Holy Ghost is causing the interruption. Amen. And some meetings need interruption anyway. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so people were falling on the path, some weeping, some filled with great joy. Others shaking on the pound, the crowd diminished, not out of the door, but into the floor. So then I had to preach above the noise of the crowd. Somebody said, why did you keep preaching? Because there were still some people just staring at me. So I thought, I'll keep preaching to the ones that keep staring. As long as they're staring, I'll keep preaching. And, and, and it exploded that week by Friday night. We couldn't get another person in the building. We saw more people saved by accident than we tried to get saved on purpose. People just reported miracles. We never even prayed for the sick. They said the tumor left my body. That pain I came with is gone. People started getting set free marriages. It was, I was, oh, Lord, have, this is glorious. And that began to pick up momentum. The whole of 89, 90, and God took us back to Southern Africa, where we from. That's where the first extended revival went for a month, and it exploded. And then 91, 92, 93 exploded in Central Florida, 94 across the nation, and then to 23 countries, not by 95. But I knew, you know, you can only do so much. You can't, uh, people think when you come to them that you actually came from a vacation. They didn't realize you just finished the service the, <laughs> the night before. You know, everybody, they think you're just on some vacation. It's not like that. I mean, two and a half weeks ago, we finished, we were in Sri Lanka, Hong Kong, got back for five days, went to Amsterdam, got back, went to Fort Worth, got back, came to Greensboro, and here we are now. And Monday, we leave for the Persian Gulf. So, you know, I mean, it's, but I, that's, just an, that's not your problem. That's just somebody. <laughs> there's somebody who books my itinerary. If I can ever get my hands on him, I'll lay hands on him. But let me tell you, so from, from that day to this, it's never stopped. Now, let me just say this. So, but I realized that you're only one person going to do so much. And I felt 
that God wanted to raise up an army. And so by 96, the Lord told us to plant the church in Tampa, Florida. We opened the first Sunday, 575 people showed up, big baby. In actual fact, one man walked up to me after the service and said, so how long has this church been going? I said, well, we actually just started today. He said, no, how long has the church been in existence? I said, well, today was the first service. He said, no, you don't understand. How long has this church been going? I said, this church started today. And then we were able to start the Bible School, River Bible Institute. Now, thousands of people graduated, going around the world, and churches are springing up, and other Bible schools, and, because you can duplicate what you're doing. Can you say amen? And it's ready. God is getting us ready to see a whole nation shaken by the power of God. You know, I know the wor in the world, things look terrible, you know, in the natural when you look at things. But when you read the word of God, then you realize that we're coming to the place where the glory of the Lord and the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So here's the thing that hit me like a sledgehammer, because 95, for whatever reason, we kept a combined total attendance of the meetings that year. I never did it since or before. That was just that year. But it was a lesson to me. We had 1.2 million people in the meetings. But here's the thing that bothered me. Out of the 1.2 million, we had 75,000 at the altar. So I, I'm not stupid. I took a calculator. I said, how many years I got left? And then I multiplied the souls. And I said to my wife, we're not going to get anybody saved. We'll maybe get about a couple of million and that's it. God has to give us a way to bring in this harvest. Because Jesus is coming soon. You know that he's coming soon? Sooner than you can ever imagine. And, and obviously we can't get it in the churches because many times you're fishing out of your own bathtub. I mean, if you, how many fishermen do we have here? How many fishermen? I mean, in the natural, fishermen. You catch fish. Things that's from <laughs> Wave your hand at me. Okay. If you went and sat in your, you walked in your bathroom, put your toilet seat down, sat in the toilet seat, filled up the tub. No, 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 filled up the tub and sat with a rod and reel. Your wife would think something's wrong with you. What are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm catching fish, honey. I'll get something for breakfast. There ain't no fish there. And that's what's happened to the church. The church is fishing out its own bathtub. We got, we got to go to the harbor. We got to go to the lost. We're going to bring in this harvest of souls. We've got to go to them. Are you with me? So, um, so I mean, it was, it was like a whole transformation took place. I can remember standing in Australia, Melbourne, Australia, 1996, said God's going to give us a way to go outside the four walls of the church and to bring in the harvest of souls. And of course, we started the church in December, 96, middle of the year, we started River Bible Institute, 2007. Right in the early part of, no, I said 2007, it's 97, sorry, I apologize. I'm, all these decades come into one. I, I don't know how that happens. How many of you have ever found that happening to you? Okay. So come on, help me here so I don't feel a bit bad. But um, so in 96, church, 97, start the, the Bible school. So I'm preaching in Ozark, Alabama, staying in the Holiday Inn. It wasn't even in Express. Went to sleep, and in the middle of the night, I have this dream. Now, I mean, who's ever had a dream that was so vivid that you thought it happened? 
Okay, so in the dream, I'm standing looking over New York City. And standing next to me was Billy Graham. Now, I got into trouble for even telling this. You know, people said, how dare you even bring Dr. Graham into it? I mean, it, he would never even talk to you, you know, kind of thing, because I'm a, I'm a radical Pentecostal. I mean, I couldn't turn to Billy Graham in the dream and say, sir, please, you need to leave right now. You should not be speaking to me. But that's what happened. That was the dream. So he was standing talking about the crusade he had in New York City back in the 50s. And as he was talking about it, I began to weep uncontrollably, like your heart was broken. So much so that when I woke up in the morning time, my pillow was soaking wet. Like you took a jug and poured it on your pillow. So I immediately knew what that was. I got out of bed. It was, I heard the audible voice of the Lord, said, the Lord said, go to New York City, launch one of the biggest soul winning crusades since the 50s. Well, I argued with him. So I'm not Billy Graham. I don't have a denomination behind me. I, you know, all the stuff that you tend to argue with God. But when God speaks, you have to obey. And God took me back to a dream that he gave me when I was a young man. Went to sleep in Africa. Same kind of thing. Vivid, real. In the dream, Jesus is standing in front of me. And he's looking and he's just smiling. But yes, what was the whole scene? Behind him was a road, not a big one. And it was a winding road. It went up and there was the light of heaven. And you could see a few people on the road. And Jesus standing right there. And then to the side of him was the sea of humanity, which was the most devastating thing I ever saw. They were burdened down with sin, but oblivious to their plight, and they were heading to oblivion. And it was almost like at the last minute, they suddenly realized they're going over this chasm, what looked like a Grand Canyon, you know, you understand what I'm saying? But now they try to turn around, but too late, the sea of humanity took them over. And here's the problem. When you get saved at the age of five, baptized the Holy Ghost at the age of eight, when I heard people talk about, you know, they were lost, I thought, what's that? Well, they were lost. But here's what happened in the dream. I felt the lost, the lostness of the lost. I felt it was the most devastating thing ever. Some of you think back before you were saved. I'd never felt that, but I suddenly felt that. And I, I began to weep uncontrollably, and then I looked at Jesus. Even the thought crossed my mind, how can you smile at a time like this? I didn't realize until later on that it had to do with the call that he was calling me. And I said to the Lord, I'm weeping. And I said, Lord, what are you going to do about these people? And the Lord said, I've done everything I'm ever going to do about them. He said, I went to the cross. And then I said, then who will tell them? Who will tell them? I'm sobbing. Who will tell them? He said, you must tell them. You must tell them. You must tell them. I said, I will tell them. I will tell them. I will tell them. And then I woke up. And I was totally relieved. That was just a dream. But it was almost like I had a new birth experience. Went outside. The sky was bluer. The grass was greener. The trees were treeer. The birds were birdier. I mean, it was like... And then I went on a radical soul winning spree, led many of my friends to the Lord, and they're in the ministry today. But so I linked the two together because yes. God sent me here as a missionary. Are you with me? Yes. So I'm not here because I got a job or whatever. I'm here on an assignment. When God calls you to be a watchman on the wall, that doesn't mean say you're going to be accepted. That doesn't mean say you're going to be light. You're just there to deliver a message. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. If people hear it, good. If they don't, don't worry about it. We're not here to, you know, hire a PR firm to come and make us liked and acceptable. We're here to deliver the word of the Lord. And that's the bottom line of it. So, so anyway, make a long story short. We go to New York City. We rent Madison Square Garden. 
in the summer of 1999, six weeks, launched everything we do today with soul winning, mobilized the people on the streets, and we saw 48,459 people give their lives to the Lord. The significance of the, of the New York meeting was the message that God gave me on the 30th of July, 1999, and the message called, There's a Storm Coming. Talked about the rise of terrorism. Nations plot the downfall of America as we speak. America's not ready for what's coming. What would happen if a missile landed in New York City two years before the planes hit the towers? Two years. That event cost $6.7 million. God supernaturally brought in the, in the income to pay that whole meeting. And then in 2000, we went to Shreveport, Louisiana. We, we cast the gospel net in the Hearst Coliseum. 59,000 people gave their lives to the Lord. But let me tell you, after those two events, I was pretty much done with America. That's it. I'm done. You know, because it's like wrestling a bear. You know, you go in town, try to get all the pastors on board for the soul winning event. Then they find out that you got joy. <laughs> no. Oh, you, you, the, you the guy with the joy. Well, I mean, at least I'm not the guy with the depression. I never knew that people would get so upset about joy. Like how? How, how, can, how is joy offensive to the church? The, the whole Christmas message is joy to the world the Lord has come. I bring you glad tidings of a great joy. But that's actually the Christian message. True. Somebody said, well, Jesus didn't do it. Oh, yeah, they, he did. People went walking and leaping and praising God yeah, right. in his meaning. <laughs> what? He, they did it religiously? Huh? Walking and leaping. Praising God. Walking and leaping. How? How do you even contain walking and leaping and praising God? Have you ever seen somebody walk and leap and praise God? Why? It's because of the overabundant flowing joy. They can't even be contained. Hallelujah. Yeah, people call me up till day. Uh, Brother Rodney, uh, do you still have the joy? <laughs> no, we've moved away from that. Now we're into <laughs> depression. <laughs> we have side workshops where people go for methadone treatment. <laughs> and we sell Prozac on the book table. <laughs> no. no, do you still have the joy? What did the Bible say? In his presence is of joy. So what are you going to do when you get to heaven? Oh no, it's here too. <laughs> so, so I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to tell you right now that when, when you go in spending 80% of the time trying to get churches on board to do a soul winning meeting and all it's like pushing a, a, a truck uphill. And I was just kind of done at that, at that juncture. And here's the problem too. All the churches we had revival with in the 90s, they didn't want to come help us win souls. 
So the people that want to win souls, they're all evangelicals, but they're afraid of the fire. Well, we'd love to win souls, but you got that fire stuff. I got. And then the people who want the fire, they don't want to go outside. They don't want to win souls. So you're stuck in no man's land. So I'll just tell you, I gave up on America. That was it, you know. I just thought, and, and, and really it came to a head on December the 25th, 2002, when my middle daughter Kelly died in my arms on Christmas Day. She went home to be with the Lord. She battled a, a disease called cystic fibrosis, which was genetic. And I won't go, that takes a whole hour to tell. I'll just tell you this. When I held him arms, I said to the Lord today, give him my best gift. And I said, I worship you with my daughter. And I said, I vow 100 million souls. And the devil will pay. So then, so, so then I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll do, I know where to get the souls. I'll just hit Africa. I'll go right back to Africa. It's still here, but go back. We went into Soweto. Anybody heard about Soweto? We went there for 10 nights on open field. 177,000 people got saved. Then we went down to the kingdom of the Zulu to Umlazi. I mean, um, uh, yeah, Umlazi. And we were there. 280,000 people gave the last Lord in 10 nights. Then we went to Mama Lodi. There was over 150,000 saved there. And then we went to Ndatsani, which is right in the land of the Tosa, where Mandela comes from. And we had a meeting. The five God hit the place. I mean, if I show you the clips, you'll see wave, wave upon wave of anointing just come. look like dominoes just as people in the stadium went out of the power of God. And in that meeting, the Lord said to me, America. I said, no, not that again. <laughs> we... We already did that. Seriously? So we, we've already booking meetings all up Tanzania, you know, Zambia, gone to Kenya, whatever. I told Pastor Eric, who's now been with me 20 years, I said, just cancel everything, man. He said, what? Pastor, we just said, I said, just cancel everything. He said, what? I said, America. We're going we're gonna to run. I'm going I'm to smack it up one more side. I'm going to smack it up the side of the head, you know. And then over the ne next 27 months, we ran to 55 cities across America. And we saw 1.1 million people saved by going to churches, having night meetings like this where we call upper room meeting, put the fire of God in, and then turn them loose during the day. And everybody starts winning souls, hit schools, high schools, military bases, prisons. Retirement homes, places of business, places of government, one-on-one -on -one soul winning evangelism with radical, on fire, Holy Ghost people. Are you with me? Because, yes. you know, you learned the principle from Samson. He took 300 foxes, set fire to the tails, put them loose, and they run through the enemy, enemy's fields. These were not special foxes that were bred at some special fox breeding facility. Not a hair out of place. Do you have foxes here in North Carolina? You got foxes? Okay, you go out and catch a few, which that's a big task. Let me tell you, I've seen a whole bunch of Englishmen all dressed up, ta da da, tally ho, tally ho, jolly good show, boy. Try to catch one fox. Samson caught 300 foxes. And he put them two by two, put fire on the tails and they run. Because when fire gets on your tail, there's a sense of urgency.
You know, nobody's going to even argue with fire on your tail. People have to run together. Amen. So let's just say, this is a parable. I mean, this didn't happen, but I'm just using it as an example. Let's say that he caught the first fox, and this fox was blind in one eye. He didn't say, oh, we can't use this fox. He's blind in one eye. Yeah, but does he have a tail? Yeah, put fire. <laughs> let's say he caught the next fox, and the fox had no teeth. No, he's a toothless fox. He got no teeth. Yeah, but does he have a tail? Yeah, put fire. <laughs> then let's say he caught the next fox, and the fox was bald. Nothing on his head. Totally bald. So we can't use him as a bald fox. But does he have a tail? That's the thing. Put fire. And then you've got to get one more because you tie them together in two. He caught the, the fourth fox, and he's now crippled. Only runs on three legs. One leg is up like this. But, you know, even found the tail, the three-legged fox, he might run like this. But if you put him with somebody else, you know, another fox, they kind of run in, in sync. Why, why am I saying this? Because you could be a one-eyed, toothless, bald, crippled fox. But something happens when the fire of God comes on you. Something happens when the fire of the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You will run. You will run. You will run. A fox on fire has no time to stop and listen to criticism. But you know, at the end of that uh, 55 city tour, I told our guys, it's too slow. Too slow. There's 7 billion people on the planet. My God, this is too slow. And so, but during that time, the Lord had helped me lose weight. How many remember I used to be a lot bigger? And God helped me lose like 158 pounds, which, and no operation, nothing, just, you know, a whole protocol. And I'm really grateful for that because... I never thought of myself, you know, when I came, you know, I was 26 years old, live in America. So, you know, we did the meetings in the morning. By the time you get to the restaurant, it's three, four in the afternoon. What is there? Chips, salsa, bread, you know, you're eating everything, you know. Get back, shower, go to the meeting, the night service. And then what, what is there afterwards? Midnight feast. And now I don't eat after six o'clock. That's it. Done. And you just change everything. So I'm, I'm very grateful. But that's for another time, another place. I'm not here to talk about all of that. But we help a lot of preachers get the weight off now. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Which is important. Yeah. The problem is there was always skinny people telling me to lose weight. <laughs> and I got irritated. You know, come on. <laughs> Seriously. You don't even know anything about weight. Look at you. If we were in an area, there were cannibals, they wouldn't even eat you. You had nothing to offer. I mean, I used to get my, my shirts from a place called Rent-A-Tent. When I walked down the road, it looked like two raccoons in a glad bag fighting. We were driving through Africa. I said, honey, there's a big tent up there. They're having a crusade. But I recognized the fabric. That was one of my sports coats. 
Anyway, I just thank God for helping me. And I cried. I asked him to help me, and he helped. It took me two years to get down. And I've kept it off ever since uh, 2009. But so, so as I'm losing this, then the Lord, God began to speak to me about some things that were going to be in the nations that would then catapult back into America. Because God, for whatever reason, always does it first back where I come from. He always takes me back there, and then he bursts out there, and then we come see it here. So I received, uh, you know, Brother Ted Shuttlesworth? Yeah, he's a prophet, you know, God, he's an evangelist, but he operates in that. He called me up one day, he said, hey, he said, God spoke to me, so you're going to have one of the great revivals. This is now 2009. So you're going to have one of the great revivals in London. And then he paused and said, it's East London. Well, everybody thinks England, but that's in the Eastern Cape of Southern Africa. That's why I had the stadium packed where God said America. So I'm thinking, okay. But when, when a prophetic word comes, I never call and, you know, hey, I just received a word from God to come. No. If God's going to do it, it's going to come to pass. Yes. Two weeks later, I get a call from East London. They said, hey, God has blessed us. This was a pastor who was bankrupt, totally bankrupt. And, you know, just basically didn't even know how they were going to make it. Was in one of the meetings 15 years before. The power of God knocked him in the floor. He was stuck for several hours. And God put the blueprint. I only found this out later. God put a blueprint, and now he has 46 businesses that do 300 million a year. Owns his own hotel chain. Crazy, crazy stuff. So when I, when I got there, I, my jaw dropped up. I said, how? Because he owns two satellite networks cover the whole of Africa. He said, now here's what you want, I want you to do. I want you to come, and we're going to beam up live across Africa for 30 nights. I said, brother, I don't have 39. I said, we got, a, we got a church. I got a Bible school. I got to do a five-city tour of England. We got a camp meeting. I mean, I can't give you 39. He said, well, give me what you can. So I scraped together 18 nights. We get on the plane to fly back to Johannesburg. And my wife says to me, honey, I feel we're going to be here a while. I said, what? Because <laughs> I'm the one talking like that. She's the one. Everything's in place and everything's thought through. Now she's shocking. She's shocking me. What do you mean? What do you mean we're going to be here a while? We can't stay a while. I just feel we're going to be here a while. We get back there in the middle of a double Antarctic cold front. It was so cold while I was preaching, fog come out of my mouth. Yeah. Everybody's got heaters and blankets. In Africa, there's no heating cooling. But I carried on preaching because everybody, I couldn't even feel my hands. They were so cold. But they're watching by the millions in their homes. And as we prayed, the power of God would come. People would fall out of the power in their homes. And we end up saying 50 nights. Over 300,000 people saved. They announced they were going to legalize prostitution for the upcoming 2010 World Cup. I felt the anointing come on me. I looked at the camera and said, absolutely not. We're flooding Parliament now. Parliament called us and said, please, back off. We have tens of thousands of uh, petitions. We can't even hear it now to 2014. So we stopped that. Then the Lord said, you're going to do that in America. Because I never was involved in any of that stuff. I just focused on the church. I know the politics in the church. There's actually more politics in the church than in Washington, D.C. True. Totally true. The church can win and beat D.C. any day of the week. That's a fact. 
So uh, I just wept, you know, I wept because I saw what God was doing. And the Lord said, now I'm going to do this in America. I said, how? How? We don't have a television network. You know how much it costs for half an hour on national television? $6,000 for half an hour. So how are you even going to pay for it? That's why every preacher is going to come out with a new revelation. You need to buy this tape. They'll change your life. And, you know, for your love gift, you know, this month, we'll send you free and postpaid. A piece of stone from Jerusalem. So when you pray, you can rub it and you'll feel close to Jesus. And, and this month, you'll get the shower cap with a hand of blessing on it. And a piece of the old rugged cross. And we're even sending you water from Jordan. And oil from the Holy Land. And hey, a life-size post of meat. Put it in your refrigerator. <laughs> so like, it's like people don't give to support the gospel. They give to get a trinket. Vitamins, little Russian wooden jaw, dolls, prayer shawls, Chinese chopsticks or whatever. Look, if you want to buy junk, go buy it, you know. Amen. But support the gospel. Amen. Just support the gospel. Just so see not because you want something. Associate. Be a part. Tithe to your local church. Amen. Give offerings. Go over and above. You know what I'm believing God in this final hour? God's going to raise up people that their tithe will be so big that they'll say, you know, we can live off the tithe. We can give God the 90. And that happened before. I believe it's going to happen again. I believe it's going to happen again. I believe it's going to happen again. God will raise up people, multi-millionaires, overnight. Give them a creative idea. Give them a witty invention. What if you went to sleep and God give you a formula that will impact millions of people? That will change everything. Don't, don't, don't look at that and say, oh, that can't happen. You know where I live? It's got nothing to do with where you live. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. And God is looking for people that he can show himself strong in the behalf. And you just tell him, hey, right here. If God can find me in Africa, are you with me? And of course, I came to America. Now I'm I'm a, I'm an American, so I raised my hand, place to defend the Constitution against enemies, foreign, domestic, so help me God. So if I'm an American, then that means I'm an African American. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. So, so don't think God just loves us African Americans more than He loves you. He loves us all the same. <laughs> Can you say amen? He loves us all the same. But he's looking for people that will believe him. And say, Lord, I believe you. Lord, I believe you. And so, and I didn't even know how God would do this. So I get a call from Christian Television Network founder, um, Bob DeAndre. Who's ever seen CTN? It's like the third largest network in America. On dish and direct platform. Potential 70 million homes. And he said, listen, I saw what happened in Africa. And he said, the Lord spoke to me. That's what the network's about. It's about souls. He said, I'm going to clear the calendar. And I'm going to take off 270 ministries off the air. And I'm going to give you six hours a night, three hours live, and then a rerun of three hours. Seven nights a week. I thought, oh, my God, that's going to, that can be terrible. No, because you wanted the ministries taken off, and then I'm in, I'm in the place that, that make you the dog's breakfast. No, I'm serious. I mean terrible. I said, do you understand? This is really going to cause trouble. But he said, look, it's too late now. The time, the hour is too late. We have to do this. We just got to do it. 
And he said, I don't, I want nothing for it. I don't want any money. I want the souls. And I said, okay, then we want it. we'll never receive an offering live on the air. It'll just be about the harvest. So we went live the 2nd of January, 2011. Now, why am I telling you all this? Because I believe God's going to do something very strategic here tonight. So just, just stay with me. Just hang with me. Because it's, for me, it's a journey. Are you with me? And it's a never-ending journey. It's a great adventure. I've often said revival and the move of God is like a Mack truck and the Holy Ghost is driving and I'm the bug on the windshield holding on tight. <laughs> a couple of times I thought I was gone. <laughs> Have you ever watched that bug hanging on the windshield? That was me. That's me. So, so we went live, 2nd of January 2011. That year... It took 111 people to run one service. Phone banks and everything on in three hours live, one hour break, and then the rerun. And we saw 660,000 phone calls. Out of that, 120,000 people got saved through the phones. And then 22,000 people were baptized in the Holy Ghost, just sitting in the house, speaking other tongues. And then 18,000 reported miracles. People just show up with a brown envelope, wave it at me. I go, hey, what's in there? It's an x-ray. Miracles. And so um, that year we saw 1.1 million people saved because what happened, people started downloading the soul winning tools and then churches started coming on board and they started winning souls. So people would go on our website and report how many souls that, that led to Christ. So when, before when it took 27 months to get to 1.1 million, now in one year one, we, we crossed over a million souls. So I said, okay, this thing's picking up momentum. And now here we are. Seven years later, 12.7 million souls just in the last seven years with uh, 118 countries on board, 4,100 cities of people that are mobilized winning souls. A pastor in France, in Paris, France, he was watching through television, the five God come, hit him, flung him across his living room, slammed him into the floor. And he grabbed a hold of the soul, and now they've led nearly, what, 260,000 people of the Lord in Paris alone, on the streets. So when that Paris shooting was happened, happening there, they were there 25 minutes before the people died. You know, you know this latest stabbing in Turku, Finland? The very next day, our church in Finland was right there winning souls. You know the, 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 the truck that killed the people in Barcelona? The very next day, our church from Europe was there winning souls on the streets. So... God is raising up an army of people full of the Holy Ghost, full of the fire of God, marching through the land to bring in the harvest of souls. And people are being saved on the streets. Devils are coming out on the streets. People are falling under the power on the streets. What you would see in a revival meeting is happening outside of the four walls of the church. Are you with me? Do you know how many people live in this county? 25,000. It would be possible by mobilizing the people in this church and some of the other churches. It would be possible in the next three years to knock on every single door and pray with every single person. Give them at least an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Just in the city of Tampa now, the crime rate is down 67%. The Tampa Police Department and the FBI don't even know why. They said we haven't hired extra police. But we've, we've, we've nuked the place. I mean, we have not. We got other churches come to us. Please leave us an area to win souls. 
We knock on doors. They say, are you from the River Church? <laughs> we not. We from First Baptist. I said, look, we can't wait for you. Just tell them you're part of the river. You just have another branch. So, listen, it's time now. You know, there's ways to catch fish. You use lures. Yes, you catch trout, you've got a certain hook. You catch bass, you've got a different hook. You catch a marlin, you've got a different hook. But then when all else fails, stick a dynamite on the water. <laughs> and all the fish come to the top. It's time to catch fish. Yes. You know what we believe in God for? Another great spiritual awakening in America. Yes. Just like what happened in the 1700s. Just like what happened in the 1800s. Don't think that God's not going to do it again. You can see already. The groundwork is being laid even now. I know what they're trying to stir up. A whole major racial problems and riots in the streets. God's going to flip this thing on its head. And we're going to see another great spiritual awakening. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So everything we've seen from... The beginning until now has been preparation for what's about to come. And you're going to see God raising up people bold, full of the fire of God, marching the land. They don't care what people think. They won't take no for an answer. Bold, in your face. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. 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 I feel the fire of God in this place tonight. So that's why... In 2014, I got tired of looking at the problems in America. We went to Constitution Hall, right by the White House, rented for 15 nights, and we saw 31,000 people saved. We invaded Congress, knocked on every door, went to every office of the Senate, took eight weeks. Went back in 15, went back in 60, we're just there now, we'll be back next year. We're not stopping now. Now we've got people that that's all they do, is going to the government. But here's what God had me do, stand there. I believe we have the clip. We can play it. God had me stand there for 15 nights and issue a restraining order. Tell the devil you can't have America. This country does not belong to you. This country belongs to Jesus. This nation belongs to Jesus. And, and let, me, let me say, this is, about as, this is about as political as I'm going to get tonight. I will just say this. Republican and Democrat work for the same people, ladies and gentlemen. There's, this thing is run by the private central banks of the world. I don't have time to get into it. It's a shell game with no P. The P is taken out a long time ago. So American people have been sold a whole line of goods that are just nonsense. But God's waking up his people, showing them what's happening. And we're going to see America shake it. That's why part of this harvest has been in the inner cities of America. We've gone from inner city to inner city to inner city. And it's the most amazing thing what God is doing in the inner cities of America. So let me play you the little clip. I still have a message. I'm going to preach. I'm just warming you up here. No, because God anoints you for a purpose. There's a purpose. Who wants the anointing of God? Then there's a purpose that's going to come with that anointing. And some are going to be raised up in business to fund what God wants to do. Others are going to be raised up into the ministry. 
But everybody's going to find their place. Everyone's going to find their place. There are going to be no unused members in the body of Christ. From the littlest child to the oldest saint. Everybody's going to be used. All the retirees, all those whose hairs are white with the frost of many winters. God's going to, God can make the next five years be like 40 years. Let me tell you. Because we need your wisdom and your experience. Because a lot of the young people have no clue what's going on. Are you with me? Yeah. So all these people say, well, this is just the hour of the young person. Now it's the hour of every person. Amen. Are you with me? Yeah. So I'm seeing pastors quit the ministry because I'm going to make way for the next generation. The next generation doesn't even know how to come in and out the rain properly. What are you talking about? So let me play the clip. And because I believe God's going to give everybody an assignment here tonight. In this place. Roll it. Amen. You can bring it back. You can bring it back. Because I, I called the church consider to wake up. Okay. Consider the restraining order, sir. And so what we, what we know now, we can fill buses with sinners. I don't wait for people to bring sinners. I know how many sinners I want every night. If I want 300, 500, 600, I'll fill the buses, bring them myself. No, we know how to do that now. I can, we can fill this whole place with total sin. So we use methods. We have several ways of catching fish now. And we just bypass the religious structure. We probably spend about 10% trying to get churches on board. I wish they would all go. They're not. Hold it. Let me Google you. Joy. Oh, okay. We're not. So that's fine. That's fine. You know, hey, I'm not going to. It's all needed. All of this is needed. God, God's not, God knows exactly what he's doing. You can't send sad people out to win souls. You can't send sad people out. There's certain Christians I would never send to help somebody on the brink of committing suicide. They take one look, I'm jumping. I'm jumping. I thought there was hope, but there's no hope. Don't look at him. Like the psychiatrist driving across the Brooklyn Bridge. Saw a man about to jump, come to a screeching halt. Don't do it. 25 years, my expertise, I can help you. He said, so you don't know my problems. He said, tell me, I'm here to help you. 25 minutes later, they both jumped. <laughs> Did you know that under the old covenant, you were not allowed to serve as a priest if you were depressed? Because it would come on the people. So if ever a group of people need God's joy and the oil of gladness, can you say amen? It's God's people. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this place. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm -mm -mm. I tell you, there's ministry sitting here tonight. Listen, listen to me. Your ministry is going to pick up momentum, even the remaining months of this year. But then 2018 should be the greatest year of your ministry. Come here, dear brother. Come here. Are you, are you together? Here, come, come here. What do you do? Come, come, come. Where's your church? 
Come, come right here. Get ready for what God's about to do. Just lift your hands. Fire! From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I loose that it on. In the name of Jesus. Like a river. Parico. Like a river. Like a river. Just take a, get lost in the presence of God. Come here, this, this brother is an evangelist and he drove 18 hours to get you. Bring him, bring him, pick him up. Pick him up. Lift your hands. No, him, not you. Oh. People are so hungry, they all want it. That which you've cried out for, that which you're asking God for, shall be made manifest. And everything shall multiply and increase. And a supernatural breakthrough. Yes. Listen, I see God opening doors supernaturally. And you're going to find yourself standing in front of people, even in heads of government in foreign fields. And you'll have to pinch yourself. Say, how did I even get you? But God says, I put a word that burns in your mouth and you shall run with the fire that I placed on the inside of you. Hallelujah. 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 Now there's, other, there's others here. There's others here. I mean, everybody here, God's got something special, but there's others here that you're going to see something happen that's going to be strategic. Amen. Amen, Pastor. Amen, Pastor. Amen. Amen. What's happening? Huh? Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing, yeah. And joy. 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 Yeah, that's it. Better. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Five gods falling right now. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I understand that myself. Where are you from, sir? Charlotte, sir. Come here, what do you do? I'm a full-time chaplain, Billy Graham Ministries. You are? Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, you know, people don't know this, yes, but I used to watch Dr. Graham when I was a little boy. In Africa, the films, and as they sang, just as I am. When one of the nights in Washington, D.C., we... we uh, we honored Dr. Graham, we gave him a Lifetime Achievement Award, and his son-in-law came. So I said, I said son-in-law, I said, let's have breakfast before you go. So he said, man, I need to ask you a question. He said, I was in India, and he said, I gave an altar call, and many people responded, but he said, when they got to the front, he said, they started to fall down. And said, what do I do? I said, well, did you push them over? He said, no, but I said, well, the Lord's touching them. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, thank you. You were you with him? Come, come, come right here. Amen. 
Bless him, bless him. Bless him, bless him, bless him. Bless him, bless him, bless him, bless him, bless him. Bless him. Bless him. Bless him. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, you just look like you want everybody lying on the ground. No, this is not about falling down on the ground. If it was at 630, we could have come in here, gone one, two, three, everybody fall down. We could have gone home. We could have gone home. People call our ministry, Brother Rodney, Brother Rodney, why do people fall down? So we have to tell them because their mother never told them. They fall down because they can't stand up anymore. Brother Rodney, Brother Rodney, why do people laugh? Because they're happy. Nothing complicated about. So everything, you know, of course, I, people see it compartmentalized. I don't. I see it all like a tapestry. It's God. It's taking you on this journey. Yeah. We, we were just in Sri Lanka, you know. Three floors packed with people. And the only way out of the building was to lay your hands out to go through. Otherwise, you never get out. The door was there. And there was massive people between you. And, and the only way is to lay your hands out. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready for what's about to happen. Get ready. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, some of these people are going to think that I'm just biased because I just pick on all the African American people, but. Yeah, but these people are drawing. I mean, these people are drawing. They, like sponges drawing. Some of the lighter faces are just looking, you know. Is this the truth? You know? And I know there's people sitting here. What part of the service are we in now? We're in the main part. This is it. I want you to take your Bibles. We're also going to give you an opportunity to sow seed in the harvest. On Monday, well, that's why we're praying this hurricane away, my wife and I leave for the Persian Gulf. And uh, we're going to be in a location. There's many pastors coming from total Islamic nations under Sharia. They're coming to the meeting. So uh, it's going to be strategic meetings. And... Um, and then 
We'll be, we'll be there two weeks, and then I'm taking my wife away for our 36th wedding anniversary. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go, go with me to, to 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 17. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, Are thou he that troubleth Israel? Isn't it amazing how the world think that the church is troubling them? See, it's these Christians that are causing the trouble. He answered, I've not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, and that thou hast forsaken the commands of the Lord, and hast followed the way of Balaam. Now therefore, send and gather to me all, unto all Israel, under Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal 450, and the prophets of the groves 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab said unto all the children of Israel, and gathered the prophets together into Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long will you halt between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. And then Elijah said to the people, I, even I, only remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal prophets are 450. Obviously, we know that's not true, because later on, God said to him, There's 7,000 others that have not bowed their knee, but there comes a time when you think you're the only one. And that can be a real problem for a minister when you think I'm the only person doing this. We're not. God's got his people everywhere. Amen. 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 Thank God the Holy Ghost didn't rest just on one person. Thank God the Holy Ghost didn't just come to Peter and then he became the first pope. I'm so happy. Amen. Aren't you happy Peter's not the first pope? Aren't you glad that Ephesians chapter 4 says, and he gave some apostles, and didn't say he gave some, one pope. Aren't you happy? Didn't say he gave one pope. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints to do the work of the ministry. So then Elijah said, you know, it's only me. But anyway, he had to have a revelation later on. Let them therefore give us two bullocks. And let them choose one bullock for themselves, cut it in pieces, lay it on the wood, put no fire under it. I'll dress the other bullock, lay wood on it, put no fire under it. And you call in the name of your gods, and I call in the name of the Lord. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And all the people said, it's well spoken. And Elijah said, the prophets of Bob, choose you one bullock for yourself, dress it first, for you are many, and call in the name of your gods, but put no fire under it. Now, just stop right there and think for a moment. I personally believe that we are coming... To the time of a great showdown. And, and I'm going to say this. Even to those that would mock the Holy Ghost. You know there's preachers out there. That don't believe in the Holy Ghost. They believe in cessationism. They believe everything stopped. You know, And I, I, I'm, I'm about to step out and challenge them. And say okay we're going to have a throwdown. So you and your big, your big theology. Meet me in an inner city. And I'll give you an hour. Just give me five minutes. I don't need that long. Because the people in the inner city, you ain't phony baloning them. Are you with me? And then, let's see. Let the God who answers by fire, let it be God. But you better bring a body bag. I'm just going to tell you. Either a body bag or a change of underwear. Because things, they're, no, they're going to be an upheaval. You don't go in there and play religious games. Are you with me? You, people can feel, they feel phony. They can feel the Holy Ghost. You know. When all you've had is drugs and alcohol and everything, you know, going on. They, they open up like flowers to the, to the presence of God. 
thirsty for living water. So I'm, we're about to have showdown. It's time for a showdown. No, it is. I've added up to here. Because people don't know that the, funded by the Rockefellers was the uh, early seminaries that even took over Harvard, Yale, and Princeton. Now, those universities were all evangelical Bible schools that raised up missionaries to go to the far-flung corners of the globe. Then they funded their theology, and they funded people to rewrite the theology and to neutralize the Word of God, to make light of the virgin birth, to make light of the cross, to make light of the blood. And this has all been funded for many, many years now, decades that have been pumped. So you have pastors graduating from university, they don't believe in the virgin birth, don't believe in the resurrection, don't believe really anything. And that's what fills the mainline churches. This, this was all done on purpose to neutralize the church in America. That's why we cannot have the government accredit our learning institutions because we believe in hearing the voice of God. They don't. We believe in laying our hands on the sick and casting out devils. They don't. Are you with me? Oh, let me, let me put a real controversial one here. We believe in prosperity. They don't. Oh, no. You believe in prosperity. Yes, I do. You, you haven't met my dad. Have you met my father? Have you met El Shaddai, the God that's more than us? Please. Because they always try to divide us. You know? Well, you believe in prosperity. No, no, well, I'm not really like them. You know what they, when they ask me that? You believe in prosperity? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the overboard. I'm like excessive. And then they go, oh, okay, well, I guess. Because you try to water down, they, 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 they put you in a corner. You know, oh, you like those people, you know, they, they, they speak in tongues. And, well, and they roll in the floor. They're like those holy roller people. Well, we, we don't roll. We just speak with intelligent scientific formulas. No, because if people could change the Bible to suit their theology, they would. The book of Acts wouldn't be in there. Acts chapter 2 would read like this. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, as was agreed upon by the deacon boards after much discussion, a gentle breeze and filled the room, little sparks appeared on their heads, and they spoke very intelligently with formulas. That spoke of things to come. Thank God. <laughs> no, that's not what my Bible said. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they, and they went out on the streets and people thought they were drunk. Why? How would you look at sober people thinking they're drunk? They exhibited signs that they were inebriated. And they were... But they were not drunk as you suppose. But they were still drunk. As Ephesians 5 says, be not drunk with wine, Marin says, but be filled with the Spirit. You get drunk on the wine of God, you won't want anything else. You, you don't need anything else. I don't need anything the world has to, to give me to drink. Because I drink something they know not of. I drink of the wine that's been freshly squeezed, that comes yes. from the grapes, that come from the vineyard of God. Yes. 2,000 year old vintage new wine yes. from Joel's vineyards. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God, I feel it right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they can call you crazy. It doesn't matter. Don't, don't you understand when you go to try to meet them halfway, they're going to tell you to pieces. 
time for a showdown. It's time for a showdown. It's high noon. Time for a showdown at the OK Corral. I grew up watching cowboys, man, westerns. It's time. Okay. They took the bullock which was given them and dressed it in called in the name of Baal from morning until noon. That's a long time to be calling. Saying, O Baal, hear us, but there was no voice, nor anything answered. And they left upon the altar which was made, and the time Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud. Call out. Uh, he's a god, you know, he's talking, maybe he went to the restroom. No. He's on a journey, maybe he's sleeping, must be awakened. Yeah, Elijah mocked them. Mocked them. I mock the lies of the mainstream media. I mock them. Somebody said, oh, don't do that. Hey, listen, somebody said Jesus wouldn't do that. I'm not Jesus. I never said I want. <laughs> I want to be like him, but I'm not there. Don't they'll pray for me that they don't catch me on an off day. My <laughs> God. So he says, and they cried aloud. They cut themselves after their manner with knives and lances till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when midday was passed, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any to answer and nor any that regarded. And Elijah said to the people, okay, come near me. And all the people came unto him and he repaired the altar of the Lord had broken down. And then he took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob unto whom the word of the Lord came saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar as would contain two measures of seed. And he put wood in order, cut the bullock in pieces, laid him on the wood and said, fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burned sacrifices on the wood. Now, when I was growing up in Pentecost, they told me the reason why they put the water there was because they were trying to make it harder for the fire to burn. That's not true. What were they in? They were in a drought. What was he about to break? The drought. So what were they bringing to the Lord? An offering. They were pouring water to prepare for the coming. Okay, watch, 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 watch. Do it a second time, do it a second time, do it a third time, and do it a third time. And the water ran around the altar, filled the trench with the water, and it came to pass at the time of the offering. I love this. I love this verse, just the way it sounds. It's just, it's just so awesome. At the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and I'm your servant, and I've done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that the people may know that thou art Lord God. And thou turned their heart back, and the fire of the Lord. Now, you see, he didn't, he didn't, he was not anxious. I was watching a preacher one night on television, and fire, fire, screaming, whatever. I thought, I told my wife, that guy's going to cut himself with a knife here any moment. Of course, because they, they tried to do it in the soulish realm. This is not soulish, this is spiritual. And the fire of the Lord fell, consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they had a major revelation. They fell on their faces. The Lord is God. 
the Lord is God. And then Elijah said, you know, and sometimes I think I was born in the wrong time period. Why would God let me be born in, 20, in the 21st century? I mean, come on, look, look what he did. Look what he did. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. This is powerful stuff. Look, 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 look. And all the people. Okay. So Elijah said, take the prophets. Let no one escape. And they took them. And Elijah went down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. Yeah. Oh, now, yeah, just clean up the place. Preacher day, preacher by day, vigilante by night. <laughs> but obviously we're under the new covenant, we understand that. We understand that. But God, somebody has to do it. Yeah, even God raise up a Samson. We need a Samson. Send him up to DC just with the jawbone of a donkey. Just boom, 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 boom. You think about it, Hollywood's missed out opportunity to make some great movies. So he said, oh my God, he's talking about killing people. That's what they did in the Bible. I just want you to know, I love you. Just, we love you. <laughs> we, we, we love you and we surround you, hold hands and we sing Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya. But do you, do you understand that the showdown's coming? I mean, I mean let's be frank. You know, we've got mosques being built everywhere. More, more mosques being built. With that comes Sharia. So, that, so that it could come to a showdown. And I promise you. I'll protect our church and our people. And whatever I have to do, I'll protect them. Our church in Tampa is not a gun-free zone. We have signs up warning. This is not a gun-free zone. Our people are armed. We'll use force. Be, be warned. Somebody say, oh my God. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm from Africa, man. We do things a little differently in Africa. <laughs> the people are going to be safe in the services. Are you with me? We got angels and Smith and Wesson. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, because, because in Nazi Germany, the one church would sing louder to hide the screams of the people. We ain't going to sing louder. There'll be a loud, loud sound, but it ain't going to be singing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because, because it's going to come to that. And, and I tell you, when it comes to that, then the church is actually unified. Because that's what we see in the, in the Persian Gulf. Because ISIS comes, they don't care what denomination you are. Well, I'm Baptist, Methodist. Do you believe in the cross? Do you believe in the blood? You did. So you understand what I'm saying? Nobody cares in the Middle East when it comes to denomination. Because that's beside the point now. It's still an issue here in America. But we have ISIS bases in 49 states. So this thing's not far away, it's close at hand. Exactly. And if the church doesn't wake up and get radical, right. 
I'm talking about radical. Then America's not ready for what's coming. It ain't ready for what's coming. The day will come when people will beg for meetings where they'd be joyous so they can be refreshed. Because if we don't have a great awakening, there's going to be a rude awakening. And God's given us a window. That's all. A window. No, I thank God for America. I thank God for the Constitution. I thank God for the Founding Fathers. I thank God for the First Amendment, which covers five things. And I thank God they put the Second Amendment, which is not to protect your house from a break-in or to shoot ducks. It's actually to protect you from a tyrannical government. That's what it's there for. That's the only reason it's there for. And you and the United Nations Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, is to disarm the American people. That's it. So we're not handing over guns. We're not even handing over replica. Be a cold day in hell. Will the devil sing Frosty the Snowman? It ain't gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Do I have real Americans in this room yet? So, okay, so he slew them all. Obviously, we can't do that. <laughs> but, I mean, I've got people in foreign fields that they come close to this. You know, we've got, I've got a man who rescues girls from sex trafficking. He's rescuing over 300 young ladies. And then he captured this uh, drug kingpin from Nigeria that... And he showed me, that. I got the pictures on my phone. It's a box, and you lift a flap, there's an arm. You open the whole box, it's a six-year-old girl. Alive, but bound. So I said, so what did you do to them? He said, oh, he's a pastor, a co-pastor of a great church, thousands of people. He said, I worked on him from midnight to six in the morning with my knife. I said, what was he doing? He was screaming, Jesus Christ saved me. So I said, did you save him? He said, no, he didn't want to be saved from his sin. He wanted to be saved from my knife. Because when you see a little girl in a box, he says, it's not even sin, it's pure evil. Are you with, do you understand what I'm saying? And he rescued one girl that came back and captured her and injected her, over, OD'd her. So he hunted the guy down. I said, what happened? He said he left town. He, he left town. He said he didn't, he didn't walk properly, but he left town. I know some people sitting here thinking, I wonder if I've come to the right service here today. <laughs> we can't sit in church and just say amen, not do something about what's going on. Are you with me? Can't, do, can't sit by and not do something. And once you know, then you, uh, you're part of the problem when you just turn a blind eye. And somebody said, well, what can one person do? Two people in America, two ladies, have wreaked havoc. One who took prayer out of schools, and one who started Planned Parenthood, her name is Margaret Sanger. Just in the African-American community alone, 27 million African-Americans gone. You'll never hear them sing. You'll never see their hands play. Now, what, over 50 million people killed? It's a genocide. 
Over 3,000 people a day murdered in the womb. See, everybody can ask God, say, what do you want me to do? God, God will give you one assignment. That's all. Just one person can make a difference. If one person full of the devil can wreak havoc, what can one person full of the Holy Ghost do? And I understand, I'm talking radical stuff here. Just all pray for me. I always stay on fire and serve God all my life. Because if something goes wrong, people start disappearing. I'm telling you right now. I'm a sniper. There'll be preachers disappearing from their pulpits. <laughs> It'll be okay. <laughs> Everything I do is a, I'm a hunter. Everything I do is a headshot. I have a big elephant in my office in Tampa, Florida. So you want to come? Come see. That was charging me at six yards. So I ministered them. <laughs> Okay. Jesus, help us. <laughs> uh, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Elijah, <laughs> Elijah said to him, get thee up, eat and drink, for there's a sound of the abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. Elijah went to the top of Mount Carmel. He cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. So Elijah was actually a little guy, mm -hmm. tiny guy, because try to go home tonight and put your face between your knees. <laughs> yeah, I could just see everybody trying. But he put his face between his knees. So he was a little, tiny guy. <laughs> That's what it says. He put his face between his knees. <laughs> I can just see people tonight Honey, before we go to sleep Let's see if we can do that <laughs> Please forgive me my imagination I see everything in pictures So He said to the servant, go up now and look towards the sea. And he went and looked up. He said, there's nothing. He said, go again seven times. It came to pass seven times. He said, behold, there rises a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And then he said, go say to Ahab, prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heavens were black with clouds and wind. And there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah. And he girded up his loins. And ran before Ahab to Jezreel, which was 20 miles. So, yes, here's where I see America right now. In the natural, it, it doesn't look like anything. But I promise you, if you look again, there is a cloud the size of man's hand. And God is about to move in America. And God's going to shake America to the very foundation, very core. 
from Maine to the Keys, to San Diego, to Seattle, across the great state of Alaska, the Hawaiian chain, all the way to the island nation of Guam, to Puerto Rico, everywhere the flag flies, even American Samoa. God is not finished with America. God is not through with America. And America is going to be shaken, and we're going to see another great spiritual awakening. If I did not believe that, I promise you, I wouldn't be here. But I believe that with all my heart, we're going to see it happen. Whole cities are going to be shaken by the hand of God. Amen. That's why this church is going to be a place to ignite people for another great awakening. And it's going to set the fire of God across the whole of the Carolinas. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now you say, how do I know that these things be true? Because while I'm speaking, something's jumping on the inside of you. It's like when Mary went to meet Elizabeth. And she greeted and John the Baptist left in the womb. See, because you're already pregnant with something that God is about to do. And it's going to be supernatural. Hallelujah. Supernatural. 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 Men that have labored and toiled all night. Caught nothing, but he's going to say, just cast your net on the other side. And you're going to have a net breaking, boat sinking load of fish. And this harvest is going to come in. And your unsaved loved ones are going to get saved. Not one of them will go to a devil's hell. Every single one of them is going to come into the kingdom. How many have unsaved loved ones? They're all coming in. I said they're all coming in. Hallelujah. 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 Do you, do you know that if just a thousand churches in America put before them the task of winning a thousand souls a week, that's one million souls every week. So we've always left it to the evangelists to come and rent the stadium, spend millions of dollars to get few. But if we mobilize every person in the pew, are you with me? Because the power of the church is sitting in the pew. Somebody said, if I turn them loose, they'll leave the church. No, come to Tampa. I can't get rid of people. No, I mean, your people are going to be your people. There's certain people I wish I could get rid of. I can't. They're like somebody stuck on your finger. You can't get them loose. Are you with me? Yes. Pastors should never be afraid they're going to lose somebody. You still have to go to church. Amen. Who in this place tonight feel God has a special assignment on your life? Who knows you weren't just an accident. Maybe your parent told you you were, but you weren't. Who feels that God put you here for his divine purpose and plan? And it's for God's eternal purposes to be made manifest. Because the only thing we can take with us when we leave this earth is people. Can't take anything else. House won't go. Car won't go. Documents won't go. Degrees won't go. But people, the most precious thing on the planet is people. Because that's what the blood was shed for. But they don't know. So somebody has to tell them. 
Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. 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 What's the name of this county, Pastor? What's the name of the county? Huh? Stanley. Stanley. Stanley! Stanley! Yeah. Yes, sir. It's time. You know, during the Great Awakening, people would cross the county line and start shaking. It wasn't even in the media. Yeah. Could God do that in Stanley yeah. County? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I, I tell you, I, I'm, I'm believing God to see, we're going to see a whole nation shaken in this five hour whole nation shaken by the power of God. Let me tell you this story. Tommy Hicks, who's ever heard of Tommy Hicks? Mm -hmm. Tommy Hicks was used of God in the healing revival, but it's a very profound story. Many people don't know what happened. They know about the Argentina revival. Let me tell you, Tommy Hicks went down to Argentina, felt that God wanted to go see the president of Argentina. Argentina was communist, communistic, government, everything. So he went to go see the president. The only person he could get was the head of security to the president. So he said, come here, come from America, come to see the president. And the guy mocked him and said, what are you? Yeah, why would the president even see you? Didn't face Tommy Hicks. He said, you have this condition in your physical body. This is wrong with you. But right now, God's power is coming on you and you're being healed. And the guy was instantly healed. So the guy was like, oh, this is amazing. Okay, let me get you a meeting with the president. So... He arrived to meet the president of Argentina, and the first thing he said, you have this disease, it's incurable, but the power of God's coming on right now, and God totally healed the president. So now the president says, what can I do for you? He said, I like your stadiums and that. And then in the next six months, they saw hundreds of thousands of people saved by the power of God. So then the communistic government in Argentina contacted Moscow and said, you've got to have this guy come. So this is in the 50s. He goes to Moscow in the former Soviet Union. They got like 3,000 dignitaries, all medals on. They're all sitting there, you know. And he had a lady interpreter. And he, whenever he said, Jesus is Lord, and he's preaching the gospel, she would say, Stalin is Lord, and Stalin is God, you know. So she was messing up with the interpretation. Well, the power of God hit Tommy Hicks. He starts speaking other tongues. The interpreter threw the microphone down and ran off. <laughs> So Tommy Hicks just kept speaking other tongues. The Russians started to weep. People started coming to the altar. And he went on for like 10 minutes. And everybody's crying, shaking out the power. And Tommy Hicks just speaking other tongues. So he said to somebody, go find the interpreter. Get the interpreter back here quickly. So he bring the interpreter. He said, what happened to you? You just leave me. She said, you turned to me and said, sit down and shut up. <laughs> In perfect Russian. So I went and sat down and shut up. <laughs> so he said, well, I need your help now. So then, but I mean, you, you think about that. God will do the unusual. God will do the unusual. God will do stuff that's never, ever happened before. Never taken place before. I know what I'm talking about. God bring me to America 30 years ago, $300. Six weeks ago, we got to lay hands on the president of the United States. Do you know how surreal that is? That's surreal. That's surreal. Very surreal. 
And I even told them, I don't need to be here, you know. I'm not, I, I can't even relate to some of the preachers. I just, I, I, I'm doing my job. I'll do my job. Leave me where I am. I don't need to be seen or whatever. I don't need to be here. Some of these preachers are cranky, walk around with wet underwear. And I, I don't need that. I mean, Pastor Paula White introduced some of them to the president. You know what? They, they took him aside, said, hey, you must watch out for that lady. She's prosperity gospel. You know what he said? The president said, what's wrong with prosperity? Amen. Amen. Preachers. Come on. Anyway, look, God, God is going to do a mighty work. I tell you, I got hope. And we've seen the harvest come in. Get ready. The best is yet to come. I see the cloud the size of the man's hand. And it's, it's hard for me to even preach it now with hurricanes around, you know, because part of what we're just saying is I, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And we, okay. I'm talking about in the spirit. I'm talking about in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. Hallelujah. It's the rain of heaven. It's the former and the latter rain together. And I'm not talking about the weather. It's the Holy Ghost rain. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Maybe send it. If I told you the miracles happening in the Persian Gulf, churches springing up everywhere. Is the most amazing thing. I think in America there's a gross underestimation of the Holy Spirit. They think he's a language. He's not. They think he's a dove. He's not a dove. Like a dove, but he ain't no bird. I was dealing with people and they said, Oh, Holy Ghost showed up last night and we got a feather. I said, please. <laughs> really? <laughs> he's, he's dropping feathers in the wind. What? He's a bird? Oh, it's an angel feather. Angels don't molt. Because, no, if you molt, that means you deter deteriorate. They don't deteriorate. So then you would take it to a laboratory. They said, this is something out of this world. Please. It's just a Canadian goose feather sucked through the intake valve and spat out in the sun. But you know, when there's no anointing, people start looking for everything. It was a five feather service. Knock yourself out, man. How many were saved? Oh, it wasn't that kind of a meeting. Okay, it was not, not my kind of a meeting. 
And I could deal with a lot of us, and we won't. We won't. I'll be nine. I mean, nobody does this in the Carolinas. <laughs> I mean, why? This, I don't even want why I brought it up. Nobody even does this in the Carolinas. Surely. pause for this moment of joy and for a word from one of our sponsors. This service is brought to you by the makers of Oil of Joy. Have you felt tired? Have you felt discouraged? Have you felt like you couldn't go on another day? Try a new Oil of Joy. Guaranteed to transform your life. It did mine. And then Beauty for Ashes, another great product that we use. Maybe you came here tonight. Ash Ugly. Today. Don't go, lady. Don't go. Please come back. Come back. I'll change. Don't, don't go. Someone said, you really are stirring. Yeah, that's what I do. Stir, stir, stir some more. Religion ain't going to do it, ladies and gentlemen. Religion is not going to shake America. We have churches everywhere. Religion won't do it. As seats become available in the main sanctuary, bring people in from the lobby. Come, Ethel, let's go. This guy's crazy. My God.
You know, when the, when the revival broke out, we got blamed for everything. We got blamed. People, oh, there's people barking like dogs. I said, what? Why? i never seen that. Somebody did bring a dog in the service one night, but... So I got blamed for everything. Everything was a tribute, you know. And in the end, you just say, you know, whatever. It's whatever. Revival's a messy business anyway. It's a whole herd of swan running down a hill into a sea and drowning. A man that was naked and in chain. And now clothed in his right mind. And then he wanted to follow Jesus. Jesus said, no. You can't follow me. I'm, I'm, I'm follow you. No. Go tell, go tell your friends and family what I did for them. What I did for you. So he goes to the region called the capitalist, 10 cities. What was his Bible school? What was his training? What was his messages? I know. I know. I know what the messages he preached. Naked and in chains. Clothed in my right mind. The day the pigs died, <laughs> deviled ham, <laughs> why, because he went with his testimony, yeah, that's, right. that's all that was needed to touch those ten cities, it's all that's needed, your testimony of what he did for you, how he touched you, how he changed you, how he transformed you, let's keep it simple. Somebody said, well, I've already heard that. Then it's not for you. <laughs> Fortunately, there's 7 billion people on the planet, so just keep moving. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, tell the story again. Yeah. Tell the story. Yeah. Tell, tell how you got saved. Tell how he delivered you. Tell how he filled you with the Holy Ghost. Tell it, tell it again. Tell it again. Tell it again. Tell some of the early stories when you first started out in the ministry. How God called you. Tell it. Tell it again. If the people get tired of listening, it's good because then they'll end up leaving and they're the ones blocking what God wants to do in it. Because what people don't understand that the church is like a body in the natural that if you don't feed the body correctly, or people run around and eat all kinds of junk food, hello, where people are eating peanuts, popcorn, and candy, think they fed, they've eaten. It's not food. A muffin for breakfast, that's not breakfast. Well, what do you have? I had a muffin and coffee. That's not breakfast. That's a muffin and coffee. And so people get... It, 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 the people, people eat the wrong food, get constipated. <laughs> fact, fact, fact. And when you, <laughs> when you're constipated, you can go, can go, and that's part of the Great Commission. Go. So how do I spell relief? <laughs> and look, it's a dirty job. Somebody has to do it. You got little kids. 
They blocked up. They can't play. They cry. They whine the whole time. You look at people in the church. Whining, crying the whole time. You know what they need. There's nothing like a Holy Ghost revival meeting. I watch people come to service and I know what happened because they'd be sitting there while I'm ministering. Suddenly they go. And I know. Ten foot angel with a rubber glove just slipped up behind them. But they're going to be free. They're going to be free. Been blocked up with religion and tradition for so long. And God's going to restore to them the joy of their salvation. And they fall in love with Jesus all over again. And just get, just get radical. On fire, radical. Not something in the emotion stirred up, but just in your spirit. Be like a child. Just be, just be simple. Don't complicate everything. I want everybody just to bow your heads, if you would, please. If you're in this place tonight, if you're still here, you've come into this place, you fit into any one of these three categories, I want to give you an opportunity tonight. Maybe you came in here tonight, somebody brought you, you don't know Jesus, you've never given your life to him, might have been around church, but you never ever said, you personally have never said, Jesus, come. And be my Lord, be my Savior. If you died tonight, where would you spend eternity? If, if you went home, put your head on your pillow, breathed out your last breath, where would you find yourself? I want you to know there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You don't have to go to devil's hell because 2,000 years ago, on Calvary's cross, the price was paid, the blood was shed. And Jesus stands tonight and says, come. Come unto me, all you that labor and have laid, I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, he calls you. Will you surrender to him today? Fact is, you might never have another opportunity. This very night, your life could be required of you. That's why we give the call, we make it plain. So no one can misinterpret what we're saying here tonight. Tonight is your night of salvation. Tonight is your night of freedom and deliverance. And if you mean busy with God, God means busy with you. Yes. Secondly, maybe you've come to this place and you gave your life to the Lord in days gone by, but you've grown cold. You're not serving God like you should. There was a time when you were radically on fire for God, but something happened. You lost that peace, that joy, that first love that you had. And many times, and I've studied this over the years, this is now, what, 37 years in ministry for me, and I've studied out the ingredients of what stops people. And many times it's the hidden things of the heart that no one knows about. Pride, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is huge. Bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, hidden things that maybe your wife doesn't know, your husband doesn't know, parents don't know, children don't know, pastor doesn't know, no one knows. But these are the things that come and clog the heart of man. It's like spiritual cholesterol that gives people a spiritual stroke and they immobilize. They say, boy, there was a time in my life, I was, I was just like that, but I don't know what happened. I, I... But he says, I will take out the stony heart and put in a heart of flesh. He said, a new spirit will I put within you. 
Maybe it's not hidden. Maybe it's outward. Maybe it's something that is very apparent to everybody. And people even remind you on the anniversary. And the devil uses it against you to keep you in a place of guilt and condemnation. So you feel like God will never use me because of things that have happened. But God's a God of a second chance. God's a God of a new beginning if you surrender your life afresh. Remember this. In the book of Revelation, chapter 3, he talks about the heart. And he talks about the temperature of the heart. And he says, hot, lukewarm, or cold. He said, don't be lukewarm. Either be hot or cold. But if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. In other words, lukewarm Christians makes God sick. If you've ever spat something out of your mouth, that's what he does. And when you spit something out of your mouth, you don't ever feel sorry for it. Say, oh, I think I should put that back in my mouth. Once it's out of your mouth, it's gone. The Laodicean church talked about the lukewarm church. It's rich, increased with goods, has needed nothing. But he says, you don't know, you're miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy me gold fried in the fire and white raiment. So there's temperature of our heart. Maybe it's not hidden or outward as we described. Maybe it's got... And a, a thing that comes to everybody, and, and I've, I've met people, I've met ministers, pastors of big churches. They say, I was going along doing great, Brother Rodney. And then suddenly this thing came at me like a Mack truck from hell. And my wife left me. I didn't even know what to do. I tried everything and she took off. That's devastating. So maybe it's a sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness. The betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked your world. But tonight you say, I'm coming back. I'm going to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Tonight I'm going to surrender fresh to him. And then lastly, if you're in this place, you love the Lord, that's not even the question. But here's the thing. You battle with a constant doubt between your head and your heart. Am I really saved? The devil's always telling you, you're not saved. But tonight you want to make sure, tonight you want to know that you know that you're a child of God. If this is you and you fit into any one of these three categories, I want to pray with you and for you. Right where you are. Put your hand up now. Say, pray for me. I need Jesus. Right across this room. Slip it up high. Don't wait for anybody else. Tonight is your night. Tonight is your night. Hands are going up all across this room. Once you've raised it, you can put it down. I want you to look at me now. Everybody look at me. In this section here, if you did not raise your hand, but you want to be included in the prayer, I'm going to pray for these three invitations. Quickly. Put your hand up right now. Say, include me. Anybody else? This section here, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Thank you, young man. God bless you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Anybody else? I want everybody that raise your hand, I want you to stand right now. Right across the building. Everyone that raise your hand. And we're going to pray together. And I'm going to ask you to make a walk right down the aisle. Come stand around the altar. I'm going to leave you in the prayer. Come. Come right in here. Come right in the middle. Come right in the middle. Come. Come right in the middle. 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 Come. Come. There's others. God's speaking to quickly come. You might have rows of people on the other side of you. Jump over the chair and come down here right now. Today. Tonight is your.
You're ninth. Come. He loves you. He loves you. Come. In America, you give an altar call. People think it's a benediction. No, I'm serious. You give an altar call in American church, people think it's time to go home. But here's the thing. What would you do if this was your mother? Would you leave? No. If it was your brother? Your cousin? Your aunt, your uncle? Well, guess what? It's somebody's mother. So, so we can treat these things lightly. The most important time. And I've had the privilege now of meeting people 10, 20 years later, 25, 30 years later. I was at an altar call. Now they passed a church in a foreign country. It's amazing. So I know what God's about to do. Whether it's for the first time or they're recommitting their life or they're making sure. I feel, I'm going to say this, but, and I'm watching both of you sitting here, but God's going to give you many souls. I'm telling to both of you, many souls are going to come in. I don't know what you do, but many souls are going to come in. There's going to be like just an ink, like you flick the switch. And then, and then the influx, many souls and new doors. What do you do? Yeah. So watch what God's going to do whole new group of people that never ever set foot in church it's going to be sudden you're going to see them start coming in and let me pray with them then i'll tell you a story because this is this is profound what happened i want everyone standing here to look at me if you would please <clears throat> i want to say this if you mean business with god god means business with you and tonight we're going to pray one prayer one prayer for it's all so i want you to close your eyes just raise your right hand to heaven that's where your help comes from Believe it in your heart, say it with your mouth. Say this together with me. Say, Father, I come to you. In the precious name of your son Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead. I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this night on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I am saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. Now lift both hands to heaven. And let me pray a prayer over you, Father. I pray that you would take each one now, seal them by your blood and by your spirit. 
so that on that day not one would be missing. Let not one of these standing here tonight be missing on that day. We put them in the hands of the mighty Holy Spirit and raise them up to do your will and your plan and purpose. And Father, we thank you for it and we give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Amen. <laughs> praise God. Now, we, we, we have a gift. We have a gift we want to give you, so don't go back to your seat. If you could just follow through Pastor Brock that way, just for two minutes and you can come right back in. Okay? Just turn right up. Go through this way. Welcome to the family. We love you. Bless you. God bless you. Now, so, so this has to start with the pastor and make souls in them on one go. Every Sunday, we minimum 150 saved at our church every Sunday. And then there's some Sunday we do big outreaches. I think the most I ever had was we had 4,100 people. <laughs> they went to 2,000 the building, 2,000 outside. We had 1,900 saved that Sunday. So, you know, and you know what that cost me? Ten grand. A friend of mine rented a stadium, cost him 1.8 million. No, serious? Rented a stadium, cost him 1.8 million, he had 2,000 saved. I had 1,900 saved, cost me $10,000. So I, I found the method of fishing that everybody can do. And you don't even have to be a big name or nobody needs to know you. Because ultimately it's not about you, it's about him. So we're showing people how to catch fish. It's awesome. I'm telling you, it's awesome. So um, every church can be winning souls on Sunday morning. And I'm so excited because just a few Sundays ago, our Sunday service, three hours live across America on this channel, 269. And this Sunday, if there's no hurricane, but we've already done a pre-program, but it's going to be aired across Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka is joining in. And then in a few weeks' time, all of Africa and the UK. So my goal was to take our Sunday service and just put it on around the world. Partly because I got tired of the 65-minute church that I saw. You get dressed up, come there, then it's over. What, what was that? That was church. Oh, wow. <laughs> we got dressed up for that. You got a good restaurant. It's longer than 65 minutes. So a lot of these things are nothing more than cattle operations. Just get them in, connect them to the milking machines. You know. And then get them out. And they, they'll run five of these milking services. That's not church. Come on. That's not church. 65-minute church. What? Well, we live in the 21st century. People, you know, they need to have garbage. Garbage. That's rubbish. What are you talking about? One hour dry cleaning service, in by 10, out by 11, three hymns, three hers, take up the offertory, preach from the Encyclopedia Botanica, the Reader's Digest, pronounce the last rites, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Lord gave us, Lord take away, blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Come on, that's not going to shake America. Let me give you an opportunity to sow some seed. You know what that means? It's yes. an offering. Amen. Okay. <laughs> sow some seed. Yeah, we plowed the field while you were in here. We're going to go out and <laughs> plant a field of corn. No. But this offering is going to help us this next two weeks as we go into the Persian Gulf. And you're going to be a part together. Whatever God does there is going to come to your account. So let's pray. Ask the Lord what he would have you give and just be obedient to obey the Holy Ghost. You know, I didn't ask Pastor I had to have anything. We never ask for anything. When we travel, we pay our own way and receive a love offering. That's what we're going to do right now. Amen. Amen. If you're watching online, they'll tell you online what to do. There'll be instructions on the screen. Teach your mouse to be, to be a giver. <laughs> Amen. So let's just pray. Father, as your people get ready to sow seed tonight, I just thank you. Let every dollar sown, let it represent a soul saved, a church revived. Even in these next two weeks as we travel to the Persian Gulf, that a fire shall be lit. Even as those pastors are coming from total Islamic nations, that Lord, you're going to set them ablaze. And we're going to see whole regions shaken by your mighty hand. I pray that you bless the gift and the giver. Multiply the seed sown and bless each and every person here. Bless their ministries. Let there be no lack. Let there be no lack. Let there be... Let there be a flood of blessing and overage. We thank you for it. Buildings that will come into their hands supernaturally. Property that will come into their hands supernaturally. And Father, we just thank you for it. Open every door. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. You can make your checks out to RMI, Revival Ministries International. Usher's hand out the offering envelopes. Follow the Lord on the inside flap. You can give electronically. Plus, if you've got a smartphone... You can actually text a gift to 77977. Give RMI, 77977. Very easy way. If you have a dumb phone, you can't do it. But if you have a smartphone, you can do it. <laughs> Give RMI, 77977. <coughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I just feel this strongly, you know, that this is a sign of the wonder of God giving you this place. Yeah, and I feel there's other people. Who's believing God for land, for property? Yeah. yeah. Supernaturally come into your hands. Yes. Amen. Let it be landmark property, in key property in your town, your region, your, your, your city. Amen. For your church. There'll be no lack. We spend $7,000 a Sunday on, just on our buses, and we feed 900 families a week. And uh, major outreach in the inner city, teach people to grow their own food. Of course, food doesn't come from a store. Amen. Modern, modern day young people think milk comes from a cotton. It comes from a cow. Who has cows here? Anybody have cow? Cows? Anybody own cows? Everybody needs a cow. I have, I have a dairy. I've got, I've got five. I had six, but one I sold. It was a bull, and he's breeding now. I've had another bull, but he didn't sell. I, I named the bulls because it's dairy cows. I named the bull T-Bone and Ribeye. Yeah. <laughs> so Ribeye was sold. He's a breeding stock, but T-Bone did not. And he's really cantankerous now. So he's in almost 1,000 pounds. So we're going to be ministering to him shortly. And, uh, 
But the rest are all cows and they produce milk and we make butter and cheese and all that. Cows are an amazing animal. I go talk to them, you know. I stand in the field, talk to my cows. Somewhat a blessing they are to me. Everybody's looking at me like I'm making this up. I'm serious. I talk to the cows. You guys are awesome. You ladies are phenomenal. We have chickens. I have 50 chickens. I lay 50 eggs a day. And sometimes the production drop a little bit, but I just go talk to them and say, hey, Thanksgiving. And they'll quickly, and they'll run straight in, lay egg, and everything's fine. Get the production back up. So you have to go talk to them. Who has chickens? Man, I'm, I'm concerned if nobody has cows, one person has chickens. What are you doing here in the Carolinas? <laughs> Who grows vegetables? Okay, oh, there's more people there. Okay, that's not bad. Everybody ready to give? Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Who needs just a moment? Who's still writing? Everybody ready to give? Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, I should go ahead and receive the offering. Why don't you welcome all the way from one of the seven wonders of the world, Table Mountain, now by way of Tampa, Florida. Welcome Raymond Salias as he comes to bless us. Today, for 
to go that's fine I just gonna finish here you know I got a couple of things we need to do still about two years ago I took a trip to Nigeria so I wanted to go and uh, we were about to go on a major building program and our place we have 83 acres in Tampa and there's a man of God there who built a 54,000 seater and of course, it's so small, he has 350,000 outside, and there's multiple services. And it was a special conference that he had, Pastor Oyedipo. And uh, he's 61 years old. Uh, the story is remarkable, really, how he, he began. Was a pastor, you know, just struggling, extra fact, had a building seat about 3,000, he had 1,000, couldn't break 1,000, and he didn't matter what he did, he tried, nothing happened. And every week, people would take, there were pastors that would take his sermons and dissect them on television, mock him. So he started to fast and pray, you know, like you person to God. I tell you, the church doesn't do that enough. It doesn't fast and pray, you know. And because uh, sometimes, well, we just pray in faith, believe it's done. But, you know, fasting doesn't move God, but moves you. Yes. And fasting puts you in a position to receive from God. Yes. Amen. Yes. So uh, he went on this extended fast and, and really pushed it. The blood was coming out. Everybody's wife said, you're going to kill yourself. He said, look, if I'm going to be stuck with a thousand people, I might as well die. So he was coming down from his prayer mountain and he, he saw the church and there was a dark cloud over the church. And he said, Lord, what's that? The Lord said, that's the people's perception about your ministry. But before I do this, draw, draw the shape of a man on the ground. So you draw the, the head, the body, the arms, the legs. And then God said, take your hand and wipe it out. And as he wiped it out, God says, so will I do with you if you forget what I'm about to do. And a hand came and moved the cloud off the church. And when he arrived the next Sunday, that 3,000 new people show up. So now there was 3,000 inside, 1,000 outside. So they start talking to people, what are you here for? They said, oh, we just, because they didn't do any advertising. It's just, they all came. Said, oh, we just felt to come today. <laughs> so then the next Sunday was 2,000 outside, 3,000 outside, four, five, four, five, six, seven, 10,000 outside. And it just grew to where 50,000 were outside, 3,000 inside. So he thought, I think I better build a building. 
so they got the money, went and bought 10,000 acres just north of Lagos, and he built a 54,000 city, and it was filled with 54,000 people with hundreds of thousands outside. And that's basically what it is. Now churches in 180 countries of the world, television, publishing company, university, two universities, 30,000 people living in their own streets, their own city, electricity, everything in, in, in Nigeria. So I went, I, I'm, I'm going to get Bishop to pray for me. I'm not, yeah, I arrived there and there, I took two of my friends. So we, three little white faces there. And then I didn't see anybody else. I thought, why, what's wrong with these people? Too arrogant to come and receive or whatever. I mean, this guy's connected, you know, he, he's had a breakthrough. If you want to get, if you want to get somewhere, get with somebody that's had a breakthrough. Just, just remarkable. And uh, doing great things for God. Anyway, then there's, an, just down the road from him, there's another pastor. He's now, what, 75? Pastor Adeboye. I'll get them mixed up because, you know, it's close. And he just built a church. You're not ready for this. 1.9 miles by 1.9 miles. That's the building. Three kilometers by three kilometers. So it takes people 20 minutes to run to the altar. Now, when they give an altar call, a mega church gets saved. Because there's millions of people under its roof. You've never seen anything like it. And you know, he's not, a, he's not like a fiery preacher. He just stands and talks. But boy, they, he prays. When he, that man prays. Prayer. When he starts to pray, and he don't, no hurry, you know. God of Abraham. God of Isaac, God of Jacob. Because he said every time you mentioned that, you mentioned all that he was to Abraham, all that he was to Isaac, all that he was to Jacob. So you know how he got in the ministry? He was in, a pastor under this great prophet, senior man who was in his 80s. And the, and the prophet came to All the pastors said, listen, tomorrow I want you to go. Empty your bank accounts. Close your bank accounts. We have, we have a need right now. And bring the money because we need to take care of this bill. So they all didn't argue. They went off, come back. So the next day, the prophet said, great, all the, all the, the needs met. He said, now who actually did what I said? Who actually emptied your account and closed it? And the only two was him and his wife stepped forward. He said, because you were willing to do, and you were the only people willing to do what I told you to do. Therefore, no one can say what I'm about to do. He said, I now give over the reins of this whole ministry to you. So it was a test. Are you with me? And of course, that's also exploded. Just amazing. And they have all night meetings, you know. I'm, I'm working with a Zulu pastor in South Africa who's going to build a 70,000 seater church in Johannesburg. Never before ever done. Never heard of. And they've packed stadiums with 100,000 people and they have services from 6 o'clock at night to 6 in the morning. And nobody leaves. So I, said, I said, Bishop, why you do that? He said, oh, because they come in the light and they leave in the light. Otherwise, they get attacked on the way home. So we just have a whole night of it. So God, listen, God is moving in such a profound way. And I just, I want to tell America, you know, God's not left America out. We're going to see some, all this other seeker-sensitive nonsense, garbage. That, listen, it'll be the kindling for the Great Awakening. And the fire's going to fall, let me tell you. And those people, you, you can only be able to spin them a line long enough. And they, it's out of there.
And these pastors are not even going to be able to catch up. They won't even be able to get the people back because people are going to say, you've been lying to us. They can't even see apostles, just somebody on a screen. I heard one guy, he has like seven locations. He doesn't even go to church on Sunday. He films the message during the week and it's played. And he, then he's off somewhere. And it's just the message played. Thousands of people coming. And it's a scam. I'm sorry. I, I tell you. Yeah. You can pray all day. Let Ishmael live before me. But God, there's an Isaac. There's an Isaac. Not Ishmael. There's an Isaac. This is not, this is not a franchise thing. It's not McDonald's. Did you pick up your happy meal today? Don't forget, we have a figurine of one of the apostles. Today we have Thomas. I doubt you have him. Why don't people just put a drive-through? Why don't they just have a drive-through? You come up the window and the hand comes out, gives you a scripture. You, another hand gets an offering. Spray oil on the hood of the car and off you go. Three minutes. Do you know that, do you know that this church, three kilometers by three kilometers, I think they're six months behind in counting the offering. They call, that's how much offering is there. They bought 800 emergency vehicles for the state of Israel and shipped them there, brand new. And he, and he was a man who didn't even have a pair of shoes. So don't come tell me, you know. This, people say, this is American kind of gospel. I said, no, I actually don't see it working in America. It's just a, a raw faith. People believe the Bible. Gospel. Wigglesworth. Ministry started when he was 56 years old. If you're satisfied, then it's over. If you're hungry, if you're thirsty, then my God, get ready. It's about to begin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't let your age stop you. That's right. Don't let your age stop you. It says he renews your youth like an eagle. Hallelujah. An eagle, when his beak gets on, feathers, all, he goes up in the mountains and he's in, the, in one of the crags, one of the caves, and beats that beak off until a new beak grows. God can give you a new beak. And you'll get new feathers. And you come flying out there with eagle eye. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come here, brother. What do you do? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Not after tonight. Huh? 
But not often tonight. You can do something. Retire. What did you do? Work with a aluminum company. Fire! 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 What do you do, brother? I'm a pastor. Pastor, come right here. Fire! Top of your head, the soles of your feet. What do you do, sister? Oh, you are. Come, 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 come. Come, step right back over there in the clearing. Right back there in the clearing. We, we chop the trees down so you can find a place back there. Amen. Lift your hands. As you do, the power of God comes on you. Fire from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And people say, well, you pushed over. I didn't even touch her. But that's the new ministerial retractable arm. You can pick them up down at Walmart. They're $39.95 a piece. Come in three colors. Yeah, that's it. Don't mind if I lean on you. This. We need people to be support and just lean on you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Have a drink. You, step right over here. Close your eyes. Filled right now from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Somebody said, why? Well, I, I ain't doing that. Somebody said, you can't pay me to do, do that. All right, when the Holy Ghost touches you, you'll do it for free. Let me let you a little, uh, little secret. If you don't want me to pray for you, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Look away. Pick a point in the ceiling and just stare at that. Then I'll just move on by. I'll move on by. This lady right there. Yeah, you. Bring her out. Bring her, pick her up. Bring her up. Bring her out. Bring the lady right here. Pick her up, guys. Come on. Fire! From the top of your head. To the soles of your feet. Take it. Sure. Out of your belly. Close the river. Amen. Receive that. Come here, brother. What do you do? Uh, my wife and I kind of oh, chase after God. and You chase after God. Did yeah, you catch him? Uh, <laughs> he's caught us. He's caught us. Come, come right here. Where, where, where do you live? South Carolina. She's from Sri Lanka. Though. Sri Lanka. I was just there. I was in Colombo, Sri Lanka. I'm from Kandy. You are. I'm going to be back in January. We're doing a big conference. <laughs> Mr. Star Wars, just step right over here. I'm going to bring him out here. I, I got another force. Fire! On the top.
top of your head to the soles of your feet. Take it. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. How are you doing, brother? Where, where are you from? A snow cap. I'm the snow cap fella. Sir. Snow cap? Yeah, right. In, in North Carolina, snow yeah. cap? Snow cap, yes. Sir. Snow well, cap. That's where it is, that's right. Snow cap. Right, sir. Snow cap, that's right, sir. Fire! <laughs> Melt that snow cap. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come here, dear lady. Come. Step right over here. Filled right now from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Saturated. Filled. Saturated. Filled. How are you doing, your sister? It's the Holy Ghost from far. That's what they say here in the Carolinas. Holy Ghost and fall. Isn't that right? Come here, bro. Step right over here. Close your eyes. Lift your hands. Fire from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Touch him. Touch him. Touch him. Touch him. Touch him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come here, sir. Step forward. Lift your hands. Try to get a bigger cross here. Fire! Fire! Filled. On top of your head, the soles of your feet. Take it right now. Hallelujah. Saturated and filled. Saturated and filled. Fire! Woo! 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 Fire! Woo! Shapa! Sha! Shap! Shapa! Hop! 
Bring him here. Yeah. We've got room for four. We have room for four. We have room. <laughs> come. 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 Woo! Fire! Fire. Fire. Fill him. Fill! 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 Fill him, Lord. Fill him. Fill him up, Jesus. Fill him up. Fill, fill them up. Fill them up. Fill them up. Fill them up, Jesus. Fill them up, Jesus. Fill them up, fill them up, fill them up, fill them up. Fill them up to the top to overflowing. Hallelujah. Sapaka, Sapaya, Sapaka, Prakaso, Ha, Rike, Sopraya, Rara, Kapa, Rike, So, Rara, Rika, Pai, Propra, Mandre, Mombra, Rosho, Praka, Prapa, Prapa, Proso, Provo. Fire! 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fire! From the top of your head, it shows your feet. From the top of your head. Top of your head and the soles of your feet. Jesus. Fire. That's the power of God coming on you right now. Receive that right now. You, 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 come. Jesus. Fire. Increase. Fire. Fire from the top of your head 
to the very soles of your feet right now. Thank you, Lord. Let's bring them in. There's, there's much, much to be done, much to be done. And the Lord quickens you even now. Thank you, Lord. The next three years shall be the greatest. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, You know, all the Lord said to me years ago, he said, just get the people under the anointing. And he said he would do the rest. This is like God's operating table. God puts him under Holy Ghost anesthetic. Amen. Fire! It's not a mental thing. It has nothing to do with your head. Heads are for thinking. But hearts are for drinking. You drink with your heart, not with your head. Fire! Fill the ball. Fill the ball. Fill them all to overflowing. Fill them all to overflowing. Fill them all. The psalmist said, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. The sound you're hearing tonight is just the sound of people's cups running over. Some people, bless their hearts, had their cups stolen. At one of the last churches they went to. But God's so gracious, it comes and gives us a brand new cup. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. What do you do, brother? I can't. You are? Jesus. Fire! From the top of his head, the soles of feet. There'll be a quickening even now. In your physical body. Now. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Come here bro. Yes, sir. Step right here. Yes, sir. Fire. <laughs> Come here lady. And you. Come right over here. Come, 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 come. Lift your hands. Filled right now. Come. Filled right now. Fill them all. Fill them all. Fill them all. Fill them all. Hallelujah. Fill them all. Thank you, Jesus. Fill them all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Touch. Touch. That's it. Fire! 
Come here, this this little one. Yeah, both of you, come, come. Come, 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 come here. How old are you? Nine years old. Are you twins? Who's older? You are. You love Jesus. Close your eyes. Lift your hands. Lord, touch these two young ladies. Raise them up to be mighty men, mighty woman of God. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost now, in Jesus' name, touch. Jesus. Use it. Are you the older sister? Can we just mind? Mind doesn't. Come, come, your older sister. How old are how old are you then? Ten. You're ten. So then your mommy had you. Then a year later had them. Wow, you were really blessed to have two baby sisters. Do you love them? Are they great. You guys get along good. Lift your hands. Close your eyes. Father, thank you for the anointing. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Now in Jesus' name, touch. Are you the brother? How old are you? Fifteen. So she had you. You were first. Are you first? And then she and then them. Come come over here. Step right back in the clearing. Close your eyes. Lift your hands. Fire! From the top of your head to the soles of your feet right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. Daddy, mommy? Just mommy? Come here. Mother, come here. Bring her here. Bring the mama here. Pick the mama up. Bring the mama here. Lift your hands. Oh, thank you, Lord. It's okay. It's all good. It's all good. Trust me, I'm a doctor. All this is fine. It's all good. We never had anybody hurt in all the years. Nobody needs to worry about anything unless your name's nice, your wife's name's Sapphira. Or you're sitting here with your six brothers and your last name's Kiva. Bro, take that seat back there just for the moment. Because it looks like somebody stole your chair. You had a chair, but somebody took it. It's all available for everybody here. Amen. Joy. You have. Where? 1993 at Kenneth Copeland. You did. Convinced. You were there. I was there. You were. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And don't worry about that noise, because no, because with every fire there's a siren. She did, she did. 
Where, where are you from? Huh? Longwood. What do you do? Nothing. Stand up. Close your eyes. Lift your hands. Father, give us something to do in your kingdom. Fire! 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 You know, if, if you have nothing to do, just start winning souls. Purpose in your heart, every day I'm going to work for God. Then God will pay you. The Lord will bring finances to you. And just say, I'm going to win souls every day. Every day. Every day. Come here, brother. You come. Come. Fire. Timber. nominating each other. People are pointing to each other. What's happening, dear brother? What's happening? Give, give me a microphone. Pick him up. Yeah. Pick him up. Bring him here. Bring him here. Turn him around. Well, what, what's happening? Just take a moment. Tell the people. From a pastoral perspective.
And then what happened after that? Powerful. <laughs> Very profound. You can't let him drive tonight. You're gonna have to. Huh? You're gonna have to get an Uber or something. You can't can't let him drive like that. He's not. Re he should not be driving. You know, it was it was crazy. We were just in Holland. And um, I did this interview with the paper. They did a, they did a great job. And I, I have the, um, the reporter's phone number and everything, so I talked to him. But I was trying to find the original when they transferred me 25 years ago. And I pulled up a program, which is like a taxi program in Dutch, with the taxi driver picked up two people from our services, November 95. And then we talk about the joy, and it was crazy. This thing's documented. It was like a taxi thing, and you're saying, yeah, but you must watch out for false prophets, and you know, being the typical devil's agent, whatever. And they said, no, it's the Holy Ghost, and did people get the joy. And I couldn't believe this thing was out there. From 95, like, it was like a piece of history I found. These two Dutch guys, they were so drunk from the meeting. And... Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Crazy. Well, the Lord is good, isn't he? Yes. Have you been blessed tonight? Yes. Well, we love you. Great job here. And um, I can't wait to hear what God does. Thank you for having us come here tonight. We love you. Bless you. My legs aren't working. How's that happened this morning? We got up. I couldn't walk. I thought I was good. I thought I was good there. This is my church. That's good. Have y'all been blessed? Jesus, we praise you. And we worship you. Thank you for as a new inflow of the Holy Spirit in this place.
Things that people have prayed for for years and centuries, let them happen now in the name of Jesus. Let them happen now in Jesus' name. Now is the time in the name of Jesus. So be it. Father, we praise you. And let every person that was here tonight carry it with them on the streets, in their churches. Lord, let them carry it. Let them be carriers of the oil of God. The fire of God. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father, for everything. You are so good and so faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.